Guys, you got any uh, Thanksgiving leftovers still hanging out in the fridge? No. No, bro. No, I ate them up. I, I cooked way too much this year. Like, I ended up having to throw some of them away. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it, it was a waste of good suffering. Welcome, <laughs> boys and girls, so to much. another episode of Halloween is Forever. I'm Brian. I'm Meg. I am wondering how long you spent writing that joke. <laughs> I literally <laughs> thought about it two minutes before we got on the show. Uh, before we started recording, I thought of it at about 6.28, and boy, it was worth it. It was worth it. Anybody out there who's looking to hire a comedy writer, uh, you can't afford me, so just fuck off. It's exclusively uh, for dad that's... jokes, though, too, that no one wants. <laughs> <laughs> waste of good stuffering. I did chuckle to myself when I thought it up. Um, the first and only Hellraiser pun ever. <laughs> uh, there's a, listen, I'm the Neil Armstrong of Hellraiser puns. If uh, you haven't guessed from that fucking hilarious joke and uh, the title of the goddamn episode you checked on or clicked on, uh, we're going to talk about the Hellraiser franchise. This is our December Secret Satan Hellraiser showdown episode, which is a mouthful. And what that means for those of you who are new to the show, normally what we do is we pick a topic or a genre or a franchise, like in this particular instance, and then we each pick our favorite movie or a particular point, particularly poignant or relevant movie to the topic. Uh, we talk about it, we argue about it, we defend it, and then eventually we vote and one of us gets to take home the belt, the championship belt for the month. This month being um, the month of December, uh, and really Advent. I mean, we're celebrating Advent, I think, m most most notably. I think that's we can all share in, um, you know, the fellowship of the Hellraiser franchise during <laughs> Advent. Um, we decided we were going to do uh, our take on Secret Santa or a, what we're calling Secret Satan, because if you're not familiar with the Hellraiser franchise, um, the middle of it sucks ass. So <laughs> we are good. So we each at random picked a name out of a hat uh we obviously picked uh one another one you know we didn't pick ourselves and then we secretly um chose a movie from this franchise to give to one of our uh uh, uh co-hosts that they have to defend so kind of similarly to the roulette john carpenter roulette thing we did in october this is our secret satan episode so we each were were chosen a movie for us uh that we had to watch and then we're gonna have to talk about and defend but we do not know Yet, uh, although hunches are flying about, who picked which movie for whom? That being said, uh, again, for those of you who are the first month listening to the uh, 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 the showdown episode, Steve is our current champ. Steve took it home in November, which was our haunt. Was that haunted houses? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, it that was. was haunted. It was haunted houses. Um, what many of us are referring to as a controversial win in the last pay per view with uh, it was haunted houses. <laughs> and again, let us recall this is a horror movie podcast. Steve took it home with Beetlejuice. I, you know uh, what? I controversial feeling, to say the least. I just feel like Steve has had the belt for too long already. Like yeah. I, I don't know. November yeah. I mean, was too like that because it, it, November was uh, a five-week Monday month. 
That's true too. So at yeah, five one days time. instead of four, you've had to wait extra long yeah. to even attempt to get at the belt. <laughs> Whoa. He's just been sitting there Dang. shining. And you can't see this, but on his uh, on Steve's background here, it is a close-up of the belt. So it's almost <laughs> like the belt is like uh, his bed and he's just like rolling in it, lounging mm-hmm. in it. He probably does use it as it. a pillow. Yeah, For I mean, sure. it is pretty comfortable. It is made soft. partially of uh, a discarded yoga mat. Um, <laughs> so it's it, there are harder belts out there. Um, but yeah, so Steve Steve took home uh, the, the uh, showdown strap for the month of November. So um, we'll do a little, we'll talk about some beersies and whatnot here in a second. But Steve is going to be uh, uh, responsible for choosing the order in which everyone goes um, this evening as well. So before we do that, if you have any uh, desire to help us choose our topics in the future, or you just want to drop us a line, or you just want some spooky-ooky content on the social medias, you should probably go over and follow us at um, Halloween is Forever on Instagram, at Forever on Twitter, at... Halloween is Forever Pod on TikTok. Yeah, Podcast. Halloween is podcast. Is it podcast on TikTok I think it's or podcast. pod? I thought it was pod. I anyway, thought it was it's, pod too. <laughs> yeah, it's Halloween is Forever Podcast on the Facebook. I definitely am not managing our TikTok. It is pod. <laughs> Listen, I, that was the one time I actually got it right. <laughs> um, and then it's uh, at Halloween is Forever Pod on, uh, or I'm sorry, at, oh my God, you fucked me up, man. I was doing so good. Halloween is Forever I'm just trying to throw Pod you off here. at gmail.com uh, if you want to send us an email because we do accept those as well. Um, you know, I got my like tactics. Two. I got my yeah, tactics. I know. She's already trying to throw me for a fucking loop here. I need to get this beer in me. Speaking of beers, uh, Ian's got some, or yeah, we got. I got beers, so we're doing we're doing virtual episode, which means I can go goose, and uh, I have the triple IPA from Abjuration. Oh, goddamn! Yeah, their version two which was a part of their fourth anniversary that just happened a couple weeks ago, uh, or last week, or whenever. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it's a ten point two percent on the ABV. Twee. I yeah. avoided that beer like the plague that night. I was like, I cannot fuck with that. I ended up, I saw <laughs> Steve at that, like, oh, yeah, that's par- right. their celebration, and mm. I was like, nah, I'm going for. I was think he I wearing, their was he carrying beer. the belt around? He was. Yeah, yeah, he was actually trying to flaunt it in my face, and he just kept on calling himself <laughs> the champ every time he walked by me. I was pretty upset. I actually left and cried. I just imagine you guys at this party standing on opposite sides of the room, just glaring at each other while Steve holds up the belt over his head. Yes, with our, uh, with our respective uh, factions of yeah. brewers and, and yeah. podcasters. He just yeah. totally like told me that he signed his like receipt champ as well. And I was like, that's really, you know what? That's next level stuff. Yeah, it's rude and ignorant, but Dave and Tom accepted it. They're just like, we understand. <laughs> yeah, Steve. We know who's, who the champ is. We're talking about Steve. Yeah, right. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Just, a, just a couple things on the beer, though. Mm-hmm. They they interestingly did list a whole lot of the uh, ingredients on it to let you know. So, like, uh, they put the hot side hops, which are a Citra Mosaic, Idaho 7, and Moteku. And then cold side hops were Citra Mosaic and Moteku. Yeast is the verdant, whatever that is. Never heard of or used. The verdant. I don't know what that yeah. is. Not yeah. used that one either. Yeah. I haven't either. 
And then it has a whole bunch Kids. of water stats that don't make any sense to me at all because I don't know any of that. <laughs> <laughs> they put water chemistry stats like dissolved parts per million of like different minerals so, or yeah so let me let me read it and see if uh, either hmm. of you get it but uh ca 100 yeah calcium yep. just dissolved calcium yeah okay <laughs> so so4 130 then cl 170 yeah, so they the did calcium. sulfite chloride to yeah. sulfite ratio and yeah. then total dissolved yeah calcium so i mean huh. i mean putting chloride to sulfite ratio is uh uh is more valuable than putting like i guess parts per million of all mm -hmm. these different uh, all <laughs> these IBUs. different minerals yeah or even <laughs> ipus frankly um, yeah i'm curious but, why they did it because i feel like no one would really even understand that i feel like half no. the brewers that i know don't even understand it so <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah well i mean it, it's a big thing on their like their website they usually have like the full recipe that you can you know build a homebrew off of that's oh that's cool, cool. and then yeah so yeah they just went all out and put everything on this yeah. Calcium is kind of a um, uh, suggestion towards, you know, just total total dissolved solids. Um, mm -hmm. And then chloride to sulfate ratio is essentially if you're skewing more like one to one or towards chloride, it should be like more rounder and softer, which obviously if you want you're brewing a New England style IPA, that's probably what you want. If it's more like sulfate driven, it can be like uh, it's going to be a little bit more sharper, a little bit more dry, a little expensive you know, express the tannins, express the, the kind of a little bit more astringent hop bite. Um, so like, you know, uh, you know, old school, you know, Burton style pale ale or English IPA would be, you know, might be like eight to one, 10 to one sulfate. to mm -hmm. So that's kind of what that ratio means. I know you guys out there, oh, you fucking whore notes, you're <laughs> dying for that water chemistry knowledge. Um, but uh, yeah, that's pretty interesting. The only other brewery that I know that really like gets that nerdy on, uh, 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 water chemistry is dovetail in chicago they actually do like blind water tastings of like the different waters for their beers like on their oh, tour wow. <laughs> which is pretty wild yeah they're cool um things i am into yeah um what do you got meg um so again i'm actually recording at work again um so i grabbed our schwartz beer called base layer that I'm Short super digging season. on right now. So yeah, I, f I feel like every brewery is making one right now, which mm -hmm. makes me feel like I need to go out and be social. Yeah. So I'm here for Listen, it. Listen, it's season of the shorts, you know? Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, it, it does seem like the dark loggers are, uh, are on the upswing, which I will not complain about because yeah, I love me a me fucking Dunkle, love me a Schwartz beer. Speaking of dark lagers, I have an amber lager, a uh, half dark lager, if you will, um, from uh, Smith and Lens Brewing in beautiful Nashville, Tennessee. I was down there uh, visiting my brother and sister-in-law uh, for Thanksgiving, and we went to Smith and Lens, and holy shit, man, their beers are so fucking good. Their lager nice. beers are so great. Um, the only thing they had in cans were that that I was that interesting because they had like an IP and stuff, which is not, I mean, it's not bad or anything. It's just not what I'm going to bring home. But Vienna, Pills, um, and then I got a couple Crowlers. Their Northern German Pills mm -hmm. was absolutely fucking phenomenal. I drank like two or three of them while we were there, and then I took Crowlers home uh, as well. Yeah. And they had a killer-ass Keller beer. Um, their Czech, they 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 uh, uh, they didn't have any cans. I was so sad because their, their Czech uh, Pilsner is fucking great too. So good. Um but yeah, all their lager beer is so good. Pizza's great. I love that place. Oh, yeah. yeah, but this is their Vienna lager. It's like it's it's super clean. It's definitely um, kind of a more authentic, like paler, drier, a little bit more sharply bitter take on a Vienna lager. It's not like the 
you know, early American craft ones that are just like fucking caramel malt bomb. And it's like, that's <laughs> not, a, that's just a fucking American amber ale that you put lager yeast in. <laughs> I'm digging on this one though. I only have like four of them left. So I'm going to be cherishing them. <laughs> um, actually my brother coming up in like three weeks. So I guess I could have him bring me more. Anywho, them's the beers, you guys. Uh, we are recording virtually today, so we're not going to do the, the regular snackies and the spices, but we do have, uh, three goddamn movies to talk about. So it's probably uh, a good thing to just jump right into this. Otherwise, if you've been listening to the show for a while, um, this motherfucker might go for like four hours. Oh God. <laughs> With, so we, what is no, no, that's true. These <laughs> these movies are not great. Um, so we, uh, uh, but but in any case, probably jumping into it's not a bad idea. But before we do that, Steve, you got to tell us what what the order is going to be. Yes, yes, I do. So I think because Meg is so antsy in the pantsy to try and win the belt. Whoa. We're going to start with Meg. Fine, I'm ready. <laughs> she is antsy in the pantsy. I mean, yeah. look at her. She's spinning I'm like in her chair. I'm spinning. I'm going. Fucking, I'm tapping my her, foot. I was going to say, your know. foot's bouncing. <laughs> uh, then it'll go me, and we'll close out with Brian. Okay, fine. Fine, fuck you. I'll do <laughs> that. <laughs> I don't know why you get so upset. You have, I feel like no the matter last what, if I would have went first, second, or third, I would have been <laughs> read into it and be like, oh, really? You're trying to fucking play me? You're trying to play me? <laughs> Um, no, that's that, 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 listen, that works for me. I'm all about it. I so, feel like I want to uh, approach this, this month's like a book report. Be like, this <laughs> is what happened and this is why it was good. Can I tell you a quick book report, <laughs> quick book report story <laughs> yeah, real quick? <laughs> so my cousin, uh, who is, is a very, very smart guy. Uh, he's like a, like network, uh, security engineer or something like that. Now, um, he, in high school was deathly afraid of public speaking and did not want to do speech class and like literally otherwise like an a b student almost like didn't pass high almost failed his senior year because he wouldn't go to speech class he was so nervous about giving oh, speeches wow. so finally they would like she would let him give them to him like to a small group or before class or whatever but in any case uh he would give the same speech in every single class. <laughs> and it was like 30 seconds. And it was always about Barry Sanders, you know, the, the NFL running back. And so it would just be him listing a bunch of stats. And we had to give different types of That's speeches so throughout the year. You know, like you'd have to give a, a, a persuasive speech, right? You'd mm -hmm. have to give a, a, a descriptive speech. You'd have to give one of them. We had to give a eulogy. You know, we had to give oh, all these God. things. And he would, this, he would just start it different. He would go... I am here to persuade you that Barry Sanders is the greatest running back of all time. He had 2,800 yards. In and then he would be like, the eulogy would be like, we're here to celebrate the life of Barry Sanders. He had 2,800 yards. And he would just, it would literally be that. It was oh incredible. my God. That's fucking so, amazing. So like anytime we're at like a wedding or something of like other mutual friends or family, people will, will always joke or like throw that joke into the speech of like, Barry Sanders has two things. <laughs> it's like at the wedding. Um, completely unrelated to Hellraiser, guys. Um, but uh, let's fucking do this. Unless you want to hear some more high school speech. It might be more entertaining uh, than us talking about all these movies. <laughs> well, I'm not going to lie. I, did, I, didn't hate, I didn't hate all of them. I, I guess I'll be fair to him. I didn't hate all of them. Did you hate your own? No, I, didn't, I actually didn't hate my own. 
<laughs> You're lying um, so hard. <laughs> yeah. I'm like looking Meg, down. She, yeah, I wish I wish you guys should see how hard Meg's lying. She's like, you did, did you hate your own? She goes, I didn't hate my own and her eyes were doing this. <laughs> Just that side to side. Side to side like a ping pong ball. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, Ma- you don't have to warm. lie, Meg. You didn't do it to yourself. <laughs> yeah, you didn't yeah, pick yeah. This You're movie. not true. That's true, but at the same time, it wasn't my win. least favorite. I'll be fair there. Mm. Um, so yeah, I mean, yeah, it me too. Yeah, it wasn't the it wasn't the worst Hellraiser movie I've watched. That's for sure. I mean, it was close. It was pretty fucking. It was pretty fucking bad. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> All right, um, let's jump into this, guys. Okay, let's just get this shit show over with. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what movie did you do? Tell us. So. I was gifted by one of you motherfuckers, <laughs> Hellraiser, Hellseeker from 2002. Mm-hmm. Yep. Let's see. Directed by, what the fuck, fuck are my notes? Rick, Rick Boda. Boda. See, I'm just going to be angry the whole time. How about I just give it to you guys in an angry voice? <laughs> this sure, yeah. motherfucker. Yeah. So to surmise really what this movie is about, and I could probably finish it up right there. <laughs> a shady businessman <laughs> attempts to piece together the details of a car crash that killed his wife, rendered him amnesiac. Wow. I was almost going to fuck up that word, guys. There's going to be one <laughs> word every episode. No, and you got left- it. And I did. I did get it. Um, and left him in possession of the sinister puzzle box that summons <laughs> monsters, which I hate the way they went. Fucking that. Um, what I found interesting about this movie, just to like dive right into it, was that I was confused the entire fucking time. And I'll start off by saying that I was trying to watch as many Hellraisers before this like episode that I could, but I didn't get to this one. So I like mm-hmm. was going into it completely blind. Do you typically pronounce them hell razors? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna start calling them hell raisins. How would you like that? Hell raisers? <laughs> Have you seen the new Hell Razor? <laughs> Have you seen the new sh- the new chick triple blade Hellraiser? Yeah. <laughs> I just I just feel like the term hell I think I say it in a way because I love metal music so much that I'm like I think of it as like it could be the next hell, big like I, I metal think you're band. thinking Hellraiser. <laughs> <laughs> if I was from Boston, I'd probably be like Hellraiser. Like I'd probably like say it like that too. That's Hellraiser. <laughs> Hellraiser. <laughs> What was that accent? <laughs> no, no, Steve, try that again. That was, that was no, that's yeah. 10%. Never mind. Let it go. <laughs> you gotta go back to the old drawing board on the Boston accent. Yep. <laughs> Have a couple more sips of this beer and uh, skip that one. <laughs> so I, I'm gonna, I like, I feel like to go through every ounce of this movie, but then know what the ending is doesn't completely make sense. So I'm gonna go through the things that I thought were great and the things that I thought like were the shit-tastic parts of it. But I mean, the whole movie was very confusing. So you're like getting this character who's so dissociated the entire time, like he's having hallucinations, he's like jumping around to different scenes, and you kind of just don't fucking know what's going on. But I kind of started getting a hint halfway through having not seen this one before and you know what it was that gave it away for me was that at the end of five because we did have to rewatch it for this episode was when um that character was like reliving at like at the end reliving everything that happened i was like that's what they're doing in this entire fucking movie which is what they're doing so he's like reliving all these different situations that he went through before he died to come and find out that so another, I think, which is a good point to this is that callback to having Kirstie Cotton come back and 
like come into the fold who's played by Ashley Lawrence. So uh, I found that twist to the whole situation. And so we come to find out that basically uh, Trevor, our leading man, Dean Winters, uh, gifted her this the the infamous box that summons all the Cenobites, summons Pinhead and blah blah blah. And I don't know why I say that, guys. Blah blah blah. Um, <laughs> this movie is because uh, that's the, what this movie does to me. Yeah, yeah. The synopsis of this movie is blah blah blah. Pinhead, blah blah blah. Dean Winters, blah blah. blah. Yeah, yeah. So so basically, come to find out that he gifted that box to her, which I feel like is the biggest dick move in the planet. But <laughs> yeah, basically, he was like planning the entire time to kill her. And so I think he somehow thought that this would just trigger her to like, I don't know exactly. I I don't think it's very clear exactly what he thought he would do with this box by giving it to her. But he definitely was like, I'm going to be a shittier, shittier human being and give this to you because I know how much this fucking can fuck you up. So she uses it basically against him. And that's what we come to find out is that she makes a deal with Pinhead, which I think it might be one of the stupidest twists of it. Like, I, I'm glad. <laughs> you know I'm what? Gl- it was the best part of the movie, though. <laughs> that's <laughs> well, what I no, thought. I, <laughs> I mean, it sucked, but it was the best part I, of the movie. No, but I thought that her turning it on him and the idea of that, I was like, man, this is a great revenge plot. I think that part is amazing. Mm-hmm. But I feel like to basically try to barter with Pinhead it, I feel like it almost goes against the sinister, sinister nature of Pinhead. I don't know if you guys feel that way at all. But it's 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 a reoccurring thing. There's a lot yeah. of deals that get made throughout the franchise, though. So yeah, he yeah. is yeah. a little bit... Because he's a demon, right? He's not Satan. He's not the devil. But he is a demon. He is a, a steward of hell in some capacity, right? Mm-hmm. So there there's a lot of wheeling and dealing in, in the Cenobite world. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. He, he's usually pretty amenable to deals. So, yeah. That's... I think it's we should only... talk about that more because I was like, because I feel like I maybe I maybe missed that throughout it. I was well at the end like of my this, movie. Like... We didn't get that there yet, obviously. But at the end of my movie, there's a proposed deal. The yeah. fair, the very f- wait. I mean, the first the, really, the first two deals. movies there's deals too. There's yeah. there's um the I think what you might be conflating Meg is in three he when he loses his human side and they mm-hmm. separate, then he becomes a lot. He just becomes a killing machine, and he mm. isn't into dealing anymore. Okay, gotcha. So, maybe, maybe that was what I was thinking yeah. of and stuff like that. So, but anywho, um, yeah. So she makes this deal. She basically proposes that she's going to give him five bodies, and she gets to keep her life. Basically, um, so again, I think it creates this like really good revenge plot to the whole situation. And I thought that, yeah, I thought that was a great turning point for it just because i felt like with this movie being i I didn't like how much they made it so confusing just up until the end or like going back and forth and like you kind of gain like i said already like gain insight on like what's actually happening if you've watched like other um other movies but um i still think it was a little a little silly and drawn out and i think the fact that we didn't see as much like cenobite or pinhead like gory action in this one mm-hmm. like that kind of took away from it as well i'm really not selling this you guys like i know it's much very for me to fucking it's sell. very repetitive of, yeah. as, of a movie like yeah. it's, it's right. definitely very repetitive it keeps doing like the the formula is and and 
and well, I'll explain the formula. Like the formula first is so Dean Winters. So if you don't know who Dean Winters is, Steve, he you said he's the guy from is it Allstate? The Allstate commercials. Oh yeah, he's it's like the Allstate chaos guy. Yeah, he's the guy State. who's like, yeah, I'm I, like he's the random chaos guy right. that like fucks up people's days. You know what I mean on the on the commercial. He was also in. Uh, what like cop show? He's always in like fucking cop shows. Cop shows. Stuff he like was that. on Thirty Rock. He was Liz Lemon's oh, boyfriend. Yeah. Oh yes, that we talked about last episode. He's Liz, Liz Lemon's boyfriend. Who mm-hmm. who he fucking steals the show on that. Right. Like he steals every scene he's in. He's so funny. But this was his one of. This has got to be one of his first roles, right? It's, it's got to be early at least. Yeah, he's yeah, not I mean, unbelievable. Hmm. Yeah, it's got to be close, right? He, he, yeah. He's he's not unbelievably bad. The no. script the script is unbelievably bad. The script yeah. is terrible. Yeah, and like we can talk about why it's terrible. And yeah, <laughs> so if there's any screenwriters who are listening to this at the moment, yeah. there are two pretty solid rules to follow when you're writing the script. One, every scene should have conflict. Which mm-hmm. I think this this film kind of does. Yeah, because almost every almost scene, only conflict. <laughs> yeah, it's almost only conflict, and mm-hmm. every scene he's in conflict with somebody. The yeah. other one is you have to have your protagonist take action towards a goal. Mm-hmm. And the thing is that doesn't happen in probably yeah. till like an hour in. No, right. the, the whole the whole film is him being bounced scene from scene for scene, mm-hmm. getting into trouble with people. Yeah. He doesn't take yeah. any real actions for I'm himself. I'm almost curious if they felt like they were being clever in doing that, where they're like, I'm going to almost create this puzzle for you, because that's literally what I felt like it was. Mm-hmm. By them jumping, you kind of are constantly trying to figure out what's going on, which I think in a general sense doesn't work in most situations and didn't work here i think most people would probably be annoyed by it which i found myself being yeah. really annoyed by it um yeah so so i think an example of a film where you have kind of the same structure almost of a protagonist who's just thrown scene to scene to scene and isn't making choices for himself is the big lebowski because hmm. because jeff lebowski is basically he's like picked up by the cops he's picked up by jackie cherry horn he's bounced right. all these different places he doesn't actually ask to go to these places, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. You know, but you're more interested in what's going on there because there is kind of a puzzle. This puzzle is, I don't know, I think maybe again, if you've seen other movies like Jacob's Ladder or even just Hellraiser 5, mm-hmm. you've already put everything together and it becomes kind of a drawn out like, let's go. Right. Like, yeah. What are you doing? That's why I wrote in my notes. It's like Dean Winter's character is on like a dark ride and mm-hmm. he's just getting, just going around corner ah, like, ah, just going yeah. around just getting just people jumping out and saying boo i like that yeah. it, but, it but pretty whole, much was yeah. yeah the whole thing just reminded me of somebody trying to be very clever and you could tell like i think steve you mentioned this this is this was not supposed to be a hellraiser uh 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 script right right this was yeah. a completely other script that somebody was trying to do like a cross between like memento and dark like the dark the, the dead zone or something like that memento um, dead zone jacob's ladder yeah dead and, zone. and it yeah. just there actually is even isn't i'm you just said this and it just jumped in my head isn't there almost a jacob's ladder-esque like hallway scene isn't there a scene mm. where he's like looking down these like corridors and there's fucked yeah. up things happening yeah okay, like yeah. or maybe i'm just imagining that but yeah um, i mean it's it's both in my movie and this movie so yeah. like like but yeah. yeah yeah five five six seven and eight were all spec scripts that were purchased by dimension and then repurposed as hellraiser films mm. so yeah yeah <laughs> that's why you get like these very strong vibes 
of other more popular movies mm-hmm. because it was just probably like a not so great screenwriter mm-hmm. put something together that very very much similarly represents another film like are uh, we calling out carl dupree and tim day let's do it right now officially um, on air actually <laughs> no not them those guys just wrote like they just they just took the scripts that were written, I think, and mm. repurposed them. Gotcha. Those I think they're the... just writers for hire. They weren't even the people who originally wrote the spec yeah, script. Yeah, they, I don't they think. were the script doctors, if you will, who had to come yeah. in and go, uh, wait, make this a cohesive, semi cohesive Hellraiser movie. Right. Yeah. Put yeah, this in was this. probably sitting on a bunch. Of, yeah, put, put Pinhead in this fucking movie. Yeah, this was probably sitting, you know, at the bottom of a stack on someone's fucking desk for a while. Mm-hmm. I feel like if it was a half hour shorter, it probably could have possibly had a little bit of legs, though, for if they trying to repurpose it even. Because I think for a very short period of time, like, I didn't mind this idea of like, oh, you don't really fully know what's going on. And then once you start piecing it together, you're kind of like, okay, cool. But at that moment is the moment I wanted to just get gory as fuck and start like having mm-hmm. people fucking die. And yeah. it just doesn't happen. If you ever, or if you're going to do this whole like very non-linear po- plot structure and bounce around and all those sorts of things, the payoff's got to be really big, right? Mm-hmm. Or it's got to be, a, or it's got to intrigue you enough where you want to know the mystery a little bit. And mm-hmm. any fan of the Hellraiser franchise, even by this point, would have absolutely known what was happening yeah um so there's no mystery there's no carrot to 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 tantalize you to keep you watching mm-hmm. and the payoff sucks <laughs> yeah. yeah so like i said i think the only redeeming factor is i kind of i did like the callback and bringing like the character of kersey back into mm-hmm. it and actually mm-hmm. having her still win in the end of all of this that was you the know? best part of the movie like, i think yeah. I, put, I, do. I said the movie wasn't worth watching except for the last 15 minutes yeah that's the only and thing it, worth watching I had that same thing written too. And it would be a far more interesting film if it wasn't that he was dead the whole time and is just in hell. Yeah. But rather that he was like kind of getting framed for all these murders. Mm-hmm. So just to just to jump to the you know, the ending and what the spoiler is, is that Kirsty opens the box that she uh Dean Winters gives her and confronts Pinhead and then makes a deal of I'll trade my life for five lives. And Pinhead says that's cool. So mm-hmm. then she goes and kills all the people that cheated on her with or cheated with her cheated with Dean Winters on her. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. All the people that he was, you know, adulterous with and then the other guy who was plotting to kill her for the money that she inherited from her father and uncle Frank from the previous films. Which is Dean's just like work acquaintance who's willing right. to murder for him <laughs> yeah it was his cubicle buddy who's his <laughs> yeah. next door cubicle but also buddy. was so That's upset true. with this that he still decided that i'm going to kill myself you know yeah yeah like, yeah. yeah well no, it, well no you know i don't think he did kill himself you don't though. think he did no i think i think kirsty killed them all but I feel like we saw them in their deaths. Like, that's why I think he might, like, he might have, like, maybe she, like, still somehow, like, because it was the only one where I, we could believe that maybe she didn't do that actual death. Because he even said at the end, like, where he talked about, he specifically said that he took his life it when may- he was reviewing the deaths and stuff yeah. like that. So, yeah, um, that's the only one he didn't walk in on and just go, oh shit, there she's. There's right. a dead yeah, yeah. body there. Yeah, um, but there's the, there's the other scene at the very the the Wizard of Oz scene where Kirsty is talking to everybody that's in Dean Winter's dream, and she's talking to the detective, and the detective saying that 
all of the people were killed with a gunshot to the head. Oh, that's right too. And yeah, so, yeah. They were tortured and then gunshot to the head. Yeah. So it's yeah. so and the gun is shown in their apartment a, mm-hmm. a couple of times. So Oh, that I you know what I could actually agree with you on this then is that the gun that he used looked very similar to the gun she used when she shot him too when he right. apparently like that makes sense then too. But I'm just curious cuz I feel like this is why it might still be confusing and why is that all the other deaths, even if they were done by that gunshot, like, I feel like you still kind of saw how they might, you, we witnessed how they could have gone like in some mm-hmm. capacity, like when we yeah. watch, you know, the one like on the video and all of that shit and stuff like that. I think they were trying to demonstrate too to that. That's like Dean. Cause you don't know if you don't know anything about the franchise. Right. And you just walk into this movie and you don't know anything about Hellraiser or whatever you assume Dean you, you don't necessarily assume Dean is the bad guy. Right. We're calling him Dean. I don't remember what his fucking character's name is, but doesn't you know matter. what I'm talking about. Yeah, I think it's Trevor, matter. actually. Trevor, I feel Trevor, like yeah, within the right. first 15 minutes, I was like, this guy definitely is maybe a little nefarious. And well, because he's, he's so He's a little aloof. bit of a cheater. <laughs> he's such a che- Like, you could tell, like, that they're yeah. playing him out to be like, he's definitely done some shady things with, like, other women. Yeah, they and definitely all, you know, hint like, at they, it. You're right. Yeah. They definitely hint at it. They also do the whole, like... um he cares a medium amount about Christy. Like it's yeah. very right. clear from the beginning. Yeah. Um, I remember at one point, like somebody was giving what was somebody was giving him a hard time, and he goes, "My wife just died." Like he just was like, <laughs> or no, like somebody. I think it was like a uh, something it was, was happening. It was when it was his Gwen. boss Gwen. Yeah, it was Gwen. Yeah, she starts coming on. Them. She's like, "Come on, my wife just died." Yeah. But, but he's he like did, always he like that. so yeah. like. He's always like whispering in almost like a Christian Bale esque like way, and he's not always here, like, "Not here, not now. Let's go in the corner. Let's go in a closet." That's basically, yeah. I think, what he's. But and he's also always squinting and brooding. <laughs> like I just fucking. Yeah. I think that's just his face too. You know, it's a little bit his face. Yeah, I think it is a little bit his face. Um, I also love that no one in this movie has any fucking chill at all. Like they all just play. They just lay their cards on the table. The cop will come up and be like. I think you did it. And then later he's like, I don't think you did it now. Like, it's just like. <laughs> oh my God. I, I, just, I was like reviewing some of the notes just to go a little, like when I, like my more detailed notes than I skimmed over a lot tonight. But uh, one of my, I cracked, actually cracked up was the one scene when it, uh, Trevor was first on the bus and there was that metalhead who was playing music and he was like, Mind turning that down? And I just like, I feel like the look that he gave (laughs) him was the absolute best thing I've ever seen. Yeah. (laughs) It was so perfect. Yeah. And just turns up the volume on him. Yeah. Yeah. Although like the butt rock through the, through the film is terrible. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my God. It's really bad. Yeah. I, I, I will say I really, really appreciate like the beginning of the film. Yep. with the with the whole car in the water stunt the car in the water stunt was good but why are you having a fucking tickle fight driving 60 miles an hour you know <laughs> down the road and then start like making out it's just like is fucking terrible like you and Kate it, don't I, do that well it's revealed that's not what happened brian <laughs> i know i know but at the time you're just like oh christ it, it's it's like when when you're watching like a, a, a clearly like a, a well-written film that has like some some cohesiveness to the storyline and something kind of out of the ordinary like that happens your your ears kind of perk up but mm-hmm. with this you just go oh this is a shit movie so that's written like shit you know what right. i mean <laughs> yeah it, it doesn't lead you down a path you're just like 
okay yeah, yeah that makes sense right they didn't have any other way to do that <laughs> yeah um yeah, I, I, but yeah, the the car in the water stunt, and then just like the underwater for photography stuff is cool. Like, yeah, you know, the the whole yeah, I think I like that whole sequence. But just something the Meg has already mentioned like twice, there really isn't like a lot of gore or horror elements happening. Like, and Pinhead just of... strolls into the Let movie at some point. Let me remind you that I didn't choose this movie then, so one of you chose <laughs> no, a not-so-horror movie. It's not your fault, Meg. Uh, I, in my ranking of Hellraiser's films, this one is not up there, and that's yeah. saying a lot for this series. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Which it's even like... gives me more reason that it could be you that chose this. But I, I, will, <laughs> I will even say, I will add, that I kind of liked, like, and I think we've all we all have collectively agreed that the last like 15 20 minutes was the best of the movie like and but i think the beginning like again first 10 minutes but i kind of like how they kind of wrapped things up and they made things a little bit more clear as far as like okay he in his mind space of like death the eel scene like you bring it back and they're like oh he had a fucking eel stuck in him Mm -hmm. i I mean Mm -hmm. i kind of liked those ties though i do still find that they were really corny like or even allison being this fucking weirdo who talks to dead people which i mean Mm -hmm. maybe in some spaces i shouldn't make fun of her um (laughs) you know but we so we're, we're seeing all these characters kind of like play out in like real time of actually their pieces and parts to the whole puzzle. If it was, I, I do like the you know, the eel thing was okay. It didn't make any sense earlier, but that was fine because it was you know it was supposed to not make sense at that point. I did like at the end. I thought the the corpse of of Trevor was really looked good, mm-hmm. and, and the yeah. eel coming out stuff like that. I thought that looked good, but yeah, there was so much nonsensical stuff in the other parts of the movie like whenever they walk in and the 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 acupuncturist is laying there dead and he's standing there with an ice pick and the cops just walk in and then they just like take him back to and they just do some more questioning you know what i mean they don't arrest yeah. him they don't like it's just like you know something is all fucked up and you know he's in some sort of like parallel you know universe or something like that where like I mean, just a little stuff. I know this is dumb, but like police stations don't typically have morgues. I don't think in the basement of them, just stuff like that, where you're like time jumping almost type of things where you're like, I get it. It's nonlinear. And and he's the, the, the audience is supposed to be just as kind of confused as Trevor is, Mm -hmm. but make it seem like the world is operating normally. Otherwise, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, there was, there was a lot of things, especially in that police station scenes, really, is where like there's like, you know, extrajudicial violence going on. Yeah. There's, yeah. you know, a lot of other, there's like sounds of torture happening. And like, I think that's interesting to kind of play down, but they, mm-hmm. they put in like full music stings and like head swings and yeah. camera swivels into. Like it was a plot that? point. Yeah. Yeah. What's happening over there? Oh, no. What's happening over there? Mm-hmm. This can't it's, be right. It's also like, so am I right in saying Pinhead was just after Christy the whole time? She was, he was never after yeah. Trevor, right? Yeah, he's been, he's been wanting her for years. I think since, yeah, obviously, yeah. yeah, that's kind of basically what they shared. So what you're experiencing the whole way here is not necessarily Pinhead. It's not necessarily like the live events that led to ultimately Christy making a deal with Pinhead. It's Trevor reliving the kind of hell 
that has been created by Pinhead as a result of the deal he made. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It's already done. There's nothing yeah. like there. There's no escape to it. It's you're just, like reading a book in the movie kind of yeah, thing, if you you're will. you're just experiencing hell. Yeah. <laughs> Which s- kind of sucks. I mean, it's yeah. like you're not learning anything and like everything was preset to a certain extent. I don't know. I mean, you don't know that at the moment. So the reveal is still the reveal, but it's just, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It's Again, just it's, trying to be more clever than it was, I guess. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, also, you have to remember, like, this comes right off of five, which is my film. But mm-hmm. it's basically the same plot in a way that the the, the protagonist is already in hell. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. but the pro- the problem with this one, well, I mean, problems is ones Brian already mentioned how things don't operate normally. So it's already weird all the way through, and so you already suspect that he's dead already. And the what I brought up before about him not taking any action for himself. He just allows himself to be bounced from torture to torture is what it really is. Yeah. And you Um, watch it. (laughs) Yeah. Can 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 I say two parts of the movie that made me laugh out loud? Yeah. One was the quote, get out of my head. (laughs) (laughs) Like it just was so I don't know why I blurt laughed out loud. And then the other one was when the. The detectives who were playing good cop, bad cop the whole time, yeah, turn out to be a literal good cop and bad cop, like two face yeah. almost, or yeah. more like the mayor was... from the Nightmare Before Christmas kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. and it's the good cop and the bad cop. Um, my God, uh, talk about ham-fisted metaphors there, but it was. Uh, yeah. Or Liam Neeson uh, from the Lego movie. <laughs> don't get that reference. I'm an adult. Um, but... <laughs> But yes, I, uh, uh, it was just, oh my God, I, I laughed out loud at that. I was like, yeah. I kind of liked that they went there and just were like, we're going to be fucking silly about this right now. You know, mm-hmm. I kind of appreciated mm-hmm. that because it got away from just the like humdrum, you know, back and forth of the rest of the movie. But I, I will say, and I'm not, not saying it's the pile on, um, I'm saying it because I was watching this, it took me six hours to watch this movie <laughs> i just kept kept walking away from it i was like i need a break i can't fucking do this right now like it was a slog and a half yeah but so so one of my kind of laugh out moments is uh there there's just an adr line that's very funny <laughs> in that after uh gwen his boss who he's been cheating with is killed uh, he's bounced into the office mm-hmm. and he's talking to his cubicle buddy and then his right. cubicle buddy gives him the line to go to the acupuncturist. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right before that scene cuts, you just hear some random worker in the background go, anybody seen Gwen? Yeah, no, no, I caught that too. <laughs> I definitely got that too. Yeah, now I that you like, say that, I... was like, can we just g- give it away? Oh, it's fucking Anybody so seen bad. Gwen? I hope she didn't get murdered. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I sure hope she isn't dead somewhere. <laughs> hope she didn't get cinnabited. Jesus <laughs> really Christ. Fucking... Oh, yeah. This movie just like it has no subtlety. There isn't a subtle no. bone in this fucking movie's body. Yeah. Can um, I say? So I, I kind of we talked about the detectives who are investigating Kirstie's murder as far mm-hmm. as Dean Winter's character is concerned. Can I say, though? I, as I, I like the guy who's playing the detective, but this movie would be 30% better if that was Tony Todd instead. Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. 
Because it sounds yeah, like sometimes he's doing. He sounds like he's going Todd. for it a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. The Tony Todd would have definitely upped up the ante a little bit because in some of these movies, just like to see a familiar face is kind of like, mm-hmm. oh, hey, I know that guy. It's like you're the Leonardo DiCaprio meme, you know, like. Yeah. Hey, look, <laughs> just for a second, just to detract you from, distract you from the nightmare that you're dealing with. Meg, do you have any other ways you would like to defend your film? <laughs> I'm just sitting here crying a little bit to myself. <laughs> um, no, I don't have much besides reiterating <laughs> that this movie out of any of them pluses are that we have a Kirstie Cotton throwback. It's a great revenge film. You know, I'm here for it. I think that I think those are it's it's really good. That's what's gonna put me on top tonight, guys. I'm gonna get myself amped up here. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna drive it home. Okay. Yeah. That was uh it, it is the ultimate uh, uh grasping for straws situation. It was it was really a uh <laughs> it's a difficult assignment. Gee, Brian, one of us is a real dickhead for giving her that movie. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Brian. Yeah, that's such a rude move. I wonder who did that. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like you didn't like. Did you know how much of a stinker that was going to be? No, it, never watched it before I gave it to you. <laughs> Here's why I gave it to you, and this is spoiler. We know that <laughs> I picked this movie for Meg. I had never seen it. I went through and read read through some plot synopsis of the ones how I that I or synopses. I don't know that I had not seen, and I remembered Steve saying when we were talking mm. about some of the lesser known ones that Dean Winters was in it, and I was like, I like Dean Winters, so that's why I picked it. 100%. I don't think you. I bet you no. I think you you took away from what he said because he also shared with us how these were like basically like you know upcycled fucking like scripts and you're like yeah she's gonna fuck yeah choke i'm not on this gonna one. pick you a good one what am i some sort of <laughs> fucking moron what, like why would i pick a good one for you yeah none of us got three or four <laughs> yeah well yeah. yeah that's true i avoided that because i was like just kind of hoping that maybe someone would be nice i'm gonna assume and listen cat's out of the bag here you picked steve's is that accurate yeah steve's might be fucking worse no, it's close. It's no. terrible. It's terrible. Oh, watch me defend it. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Yeah, I know you have to defend it, <laughs> but it's me. fucking awful too. So, so Meg, bad. Meg, get off your goddamn so high horse, telling me that I was wrong for picking a bad movie because you picked Steve a goddamn stinker too. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, from the from the pile of horse shit, what do you really pull out? <laughs> yeah, pick out a kernel of corn, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Hand it to somebody. Yeah. I mean, we're we're talking about how kind of not great these movies are, and now you understand why I was so adamant about not doing revelations. If well, all these are this bad, can you well, imagine how bad revelations are? Like now I want to watch Nine. I'm like, yeah. how is Nine that much worse here, than this here. one? I feel like at some point, maybe we should like turn this on the tables and actually try to convince each other which one was the worst and that's the winner of this month. <laughs> oh, yeah, that would play to your advantage. But I dude. mean, we don't have to do it this month, but I feel like that would be a fun future. <laughs> oh, in the future, future okay. pick the worst in the fu- one. Yeah, in the future. No. In the future. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. like we that. tend I to like get that. turds in this situation. Yes, yeah. Who can pick the worst movie for someone else? Yeah, yeah. maybe uh, maybe that's a that's a theme episode, like Awful April. <laughs> uh, there you go. I like <laughs> there that. You go. I like that. Or something. I like, I like those type of things. Yeah. Um, 
I don't know. I'm sorry, Meg. I didn't do that to you. <laughs> I didn't think you did. I did. <laughs> I, I would never. I. I would I never. Honestly, yes, you would. Shut up. I would never. I wouldn't. I wouldn't do it. I what? I have, do it. I have, you basically like, gave him those seven ripoffs. So hey, like you're not much nicer. We're I, all really mean to one another. I have. I did never. I, I can say. I wish that I was that devious, but I had never seen this movie before I gave it to you. And I, so I, when I was watching it, you know, for in preparation for the show, it was the first time I watched it. But you and were probably it, really it took excited. took me six fucking hours to no, watch it. No, you were probably so excited. No, You're you like, want to know actually, yeah, Meg, I did. you want to know actually what I did what? is I was reading through our text thread. So the little, little inside baseball here, my wife, Kate helped us to make it a blind kind of choice here. So she drew the names out of the hats. She sent to us who we were picking for. Then we sent her via text message the movie that we were picking for that person. And then she sent it to the individuals. So when I went back to check the text thread to see what movies I, you know, we had to watch and specifically which one I had to defend, the entire time I was, I misread the who sent who what in the text conversation. So the entire time I was watching Hellseeker, I was complaining to Kate about how I had to defend this piece of shit. <laughs> and, and then at the end, I look through and I'm like, wait, no, there's later than two that. Oh, and then I realized what I did. And I was like, oh, thank Thank you, Jeebus. I don't have to fucking defend this piece of shit. I don't so. have to defend this movie that I gave to someone else. Yes, I inflicted this on Ugh. somebody. So, yeah. Well, we're past it now. Uh, yeah, it's behind us. I'm um, in the holiday I, spirit now, finally. <laughs> that was the one thing standing between you and, and holiday spirit. Yeah, it's getting past these movies. <laughs> yeah, Meg got her lump of coal, so. Yeah. Tonight, after after this, after this, after this, this Hellraiser shit show is over, I'm going to watch uh, that Punisher movie that Steve suggested. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> That's great. Punisher Warzone. That movie rules. <laughs> Far better than Hellseeker. I'm watching Punisher Warzone. I'm getting some eggnog. I'm turning on. I got the Christmas tree up. I'm going to put on some soft Christmas jazz in the background and watch <laughs> Punisher Warzone. Hell yeah. Um, all right. Who, who's up next? It is now my turn. It's your turn. It is now my turn. And uh, I will be defending Hellraiser Inferno from 2000. It is uh, the number five of the Hellraiser series, or Hellraiser. <laughs> Hellraiser. Lucky number Hellraiser. five of Hellraiser. I still am kind of a little bit confused why that's so funny how I say it. Well, because it's Hellraiser. <laughs> Hellraiser. Yeah. Hellraiser. You said Hellraiser. You, you oh, go so up my in the middle. You go up in the middle. Different. <laughs> right, yeah. right, right, right. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'm following here now. <laughs> I'm going to keep doing it. Do it's, it. It's, it. How, it. It's how we know you're not a true, true yinzer because yeah. true yinzers <laughs> lazy their words in, which yeah. is why it goes Hellraiser. Yeah. But you are, you know, I guess more staccato with your New York uh, <laughs> accent and you go Hellraiser yeah. and you raise up. I think sometimes like, things come out as questions when they shouldn't. Like, and maybe that's what was going on there too. I was like, hell, like, Hellraiser? Like, but not really, you know, like. <laughs> the Yinzer accent would almost try to turn it into only like two syllables. Yeah. You know, it would be like, hey, Yinzer going to see any Hellraiser movie. Yeah. Hellraiser? Hellraiser. Yeah, it would drop the H and. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you yeah. seen that Hellraiser night? <laughs> hey, did you see Hellraiser or no? Or no? Or did no. you see it? <laughs> you heard about that new one coming out? <laughs> the new Hellraiser? <laughs> oh, Cloth Monikers back and everything. Annette. 
All right, I tell wanna... it. All right. Mm. <laughs> no, I just want to see. I just want to see a Hellraiser. Like I don't know why that triggered me to think. I want to see a Hellraiser based in like an Amish community a little bit. <laughs> but like. <laughs> fine open the box Uh, you know what i would be all about that how that seems like the next logical step but it would be like an outsider who like helps them is like the person who's like basically going to be bound to hell you know what i mean yeah but maybe they work with the amish community and then the amish community is confected by it you know this could be a whole thing yeah i mean they already went to space (laughs) and the next step after space has got to be yeah, Amish. Lanc- Lancaster County. Here, here's the setup. Here's the setup. Somebody who's on Rumspringa. Mm. Yes. They, they come go. in contact with the lament configuration and bring it back to the farm. Yeah. Normally, normally, like uh, uh, an Amish, you know, adolescent on Rumspringa goes and has. If you don't know what Rumspringa is, it's basically like you get like a late like spring break, um, and then you like come back, and then you have to be Amish again. So they went. And you get a do choice, that. Brian. You get a choice. Uh, I don't think there is a choice. It's a um, hall pass. <laughs> yeah, it's it's basically a hall pass because no one doesn't come back. Like you're getting trouble. Your your family starves if you don't come back or something. I don't know. Um, but yeah, so so someone's when gonna make le- the donuts. Yeah, so when people leave, they just go and like try weed. Like they don't like <laughs> stick like hooks in their nipples and shit no, like that. Like no. so that would be hey. a, that would be a pretty intense uh, that would be a pretty intense rumspringer. But I like it. Yeah, I like it. it makes one it, of these it days uh, an actual movie is going to come out of one of these episodes. One of mm. these days. Yeah, hopefully we can all hope. <laughs> and then I've got my lawyer on speed dial. That's right. <laughs> Then maybe we all get WGA credit. <laughs> yeah. P.S. I don't have a lawyer. I don't know why. <laughs> it's not like I have a lawyer. Um, all right, Steve, talk to us about Hellraiser Inferno. Right. So Hellraiser Inferno from 2000, uh, starring Doug Bradley, still as Pinhead, because he sticks with that series all the way through eight. Uh, yeah, it's basically seven. <laughs> It so desperately wants to be seven, mm-hmm. and somebody wrote a script to seven and turned it into Dimension Films, yeah. And then they upturned it into a Hellraiser movie. And yeah, and not seven <laughs> in the Hellraiser franchise. Seven, as in Brad Pitt, Morgan Freeman. Seven. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. this is it, it, it. The timeline fits perfectly because that came out in like 1997, I believe. Um, yeah. So I would guess every you know hack writer would be writing some sort of religious themed serial killer film and this one literally uses the ten commandments too like it's it's no 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 that's yours yeah i was like that's yours yeah. oh mine does that's too yours. yeah this one does the same mine <laughs> does the, so mine sim- literally uses the ten commandments yeah so so here's something i didn't quite remember as well when i gave brian judgment and i hadn't watched inferno and judgment so close together mm-hmm. i had I did not realize they were basically the same film. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're very fucking so close. So regurgitated, yeah. yeah. I felt that way too. Uh, yeah, this one stars uh, Craig Sheffer and uh, Nicholas Totoro, and they play cops on the beat in Colorado, even though it very obviously looks like it was filmed as L.A., Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, they're yeah. supposed to be in Denver or something, right? Yeah, they're supposed to be in Denver, but like a lot of the, the a lot of the outside stuff, they rely on that heavy orange that a lot of people put on when they color time for LA. Mm-hmm. 
that that like that smoky hazy orange feeling that mm-hmm. heavy yeah. oppressive sun yeah i honestly didn't remember it was denver until he says he's part of the denver pd like later on in the film <laughs> but, yeah uh yeah craig sheffer is investigating he, he the film starts with him investigating a murder of a high school friend and it's very obvious that his friend has been torn apart by chains and hooks and on the crime scene he finds both the lament configuration the box and a candle with a child's finger in it mm-hmm. yeah can we also pause to to express that um the the main detective which is detective thorne right yeah um he has the most punchable fucking face in the history of faces <laughs> He reminds me of someone else consistently throughout the like. He reminds me of another actor that I can't put my finger on. He reminds me of three actors. His yeah. face is such a weird amalgam of Play-Doh. Yeah, that it's he, a very weird, strange face. I don't know yeah. else to put it. He he looks, and I I can tell you who he looks like though. Mm-hmm. Actually, it might even be four. He looks like Ray Liotta. I can see Michael that a little Sh- bit. Michael Shannon, a lot. My, okay. Um, yeah. 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 Michael Shannon, a little bit of Bill Paxton, depending on when you look at him. Yeah. And then even Dean Winters to a, to a point, because they both have yeah. the same kind of scruffy, messy hair. You know what the other person that it reminded me of a little bit, too, um, yeah. is Ike Barinholtz. Okay, yeah. That's who I saw a little bit. But yeah, to- totally, like, he he is a strange... I could see the Ray Liotta now, which I didn't didn't initially. But yeah, he for some mm-hmm. reason, he reminded me a little bit of Ike Barinholtz, too, from, like, you know, he was on, like, the Mindy Project and stuff like that. Yeah. If you, but, if you go on... Um, if you go on Craig Sheffer's uh, IMDb page, though, he, he looks like he's trying to do Michael Shannon as hard as he possibly can. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you're dead on with... I would say if there's one that he looks the most like or, or trying to look the most like, it is a Michael Shannon type yeah. character. Like the very... He's trying to make his jawline... Like he's trying to inflict an underbite on himself almost. Right. Kinda. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he very much... He, yeah, it's just... It's all there, but... Uh, yeah, he, he is playing Detective Thorne and Detective Thorne and... Uh, he's a bit of a shitbird. Mm-hmm. He basically, from the minute after they leave that crime scene, he's seen lifting cocaine. He's tampering evidence. Mm-hmm. Like just yeah, he he's stealing money, then crossing out the amount of money and just putting a different amount, which is right. like Taking the perfect it. crime. Good job, I bud. It. Like it said, four hundred dollars in the wallet. He takes three hundred out and crosses it out and writes one hundred. Right? Like, are there no checks and balances in this fucking police station? <laughs> because the one and four are so close on tight yeah, on keyboards. So <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I mean, unless you're using the numpad. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I was, I was just, uh, I was like, that is bold. That's bold. Right. Yeah. So yeah, he immediately stas- establishes himself as a shipbird, goes back home, and you know, you see his wife and daughter for one scene, then he leaves them to go bang a hooker. Because that's yeah. what he's into, and that's when he <laughs> opens the box. Mm-hmm. And the most despicable thing is like how he rationalizes the whole thing to himself. Yeah, he pretty much goes on this like diatribe about like how he has to st- like go buy hookers and blow because it makes him a good husband and father. <laughs> right. <laughs> he wouldn't stick around if he couldn't have his vices. Uh, yeah. Right. Right. But yeah, it, it you you bring it up, Ryan. But yeah, it's all presented in 1940s noir detective voiceover. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. 
classic stuff that I feel like makes this movie a shit movie. It just makes it so <laughs> awkward. You're like trying to be a cat movie. Yeah. I, look, it, overall, he he is seemingly a competent detective. He's generally respected within the force and by yeah. his by his partner. Um, but yeah, he he after opening the box. The hooker he's with is killed, and then he finds another child's finger, and then that's when he's basically turned on to the hunt for the engineer, mm-hmm. and the engineer is a serial killer, apparently, who has weaved his way into his life, and it, it also, apparently, the box belongs to the engineer. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, you, you get you get basically a, a seven-style investigation of, like, gory murders, which, mm-hmm. you know, something you didn't really see in Hellseeker. Right. Like, there's there's actually decent effects as far as, like, the kills and the gore and the blood in this film. I would say, like, I feel like it's just on par, you know? I feel like that's what I expect out of a Hellraiser, you know, along mm-hmm. the way. There were more Cenobites, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, more Cenobites, you know, not just, not just uh, you know, pinhead being a cock block like he was in in the first movie where it's just like get yourself into like some sexy time and then pinhead comes and fucks everything up and and then somebody ends up dead were you trying to fuck (laughs) (laughs) was you horny bro um this one though i do like that this is is this the first appearance of those like twin female-ish cenobites with like the ponytail high ponytail almost that kind of remind me of like a fucked up version of janice from the from the electric mayhem on the muppet ship (laughs) yeah if if they weren't in four i don't remember four well enough so no i don't think they were i don't remember them yeah then this like this was their kind of first appearance which yeah i like you just brought it up but like that was a really great effect where like they came on to him in the hallway and then like they put their hand under his skin mm-hmm. like under his cool. yeah like on his pack yeah it was yeah, it was yeah. pretty good it was pretty I good that was pretty cool it, it was yeah. it was both it both towed the lines of really gross and sexy at the same time and it's like mm-hmm. ew <laughs> <laughs> make me feel all yucky yeah i really right now i if it doesn't exist and it probably has to exist i would love to see a website that breaks down with pictures of every Cenobite in every movie just so we could watch and see like the crossover. I think Oh, there's definitely some like Hellraiser list. wiki out there that has oh, like sure everything. Is. I was just on it today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say there is for Oh, that's what I found. Franchise. That's what yeah. I found just now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely a Hellraiser wiki. <laughs> um, I want to go check out the Hellraiser wiki and and discuss the proprietor of Stigmata, the uh, the tattoo <laughs> slash piercing parlor. It's the biggest <laughs> douchebag in the history. He's like he right. literally has like the award for most tribal tattoos on any fucking human being in the world. <laughs> Do you feel like that's like the cliche of like what that a tattoo was, artist in looks 2000, like? Yes. Yeah, in, in two thousand. Yeah, in two thousand, I think that was it. Like, never wears a shirt covered in like weird tribal tattoos has like a tribal halo around like a bald head like mm-hmm. he was just yeah, yeah was, he, he had uh, obvious tattoos that he could never have any job but being a <laughs> tattoo artist in yeah. brooklyn of 1995 <laughs> did you notice too that the guy who came and opened like the door for them when they entered the shop also wasn't wearing a shirt 
<laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it's fucking strictly no shirts allowed. It's stigmata. Yeah. No shirts um, and stigmata. No. <laughs> I wanna I want a spin-off just about it's like two guys a girl in a pizza place, but it's fucking just about stigmata, the shop. Plus think, think. I would probably definitely binge that. <laughs> Remember, this is Denver. So like these dudes are probably huge in the goth scene. Like there's <laughs> no, Leon, like, by the way, that's his name. I just remember what his name was. Leon, Leon yeah, Leon, the tattoo artist. Yeah. yeah, like the the how you know how small is the goth scene in Denver to begin with, and yeah. then these two are probably huge within it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. They're the only ones with leather and chains and. Well, whips. I don't know though because they did do the way that all of the like like BDSM like uh, toys on the wall were hung. It yeah. was like. <laughs> it was like it was just an office five right. minutes ago and they just like put a nail up and hung them spread out to cover up the wall and make it look like it was not a lived in <laughs> space by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. But and then also when the tattoo starts moving, you know, at that one point, it was it, it made it seem like they drew that, you know what I mean? And it was a fake <laughs> tattoo on that guy. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, so you're saying Leon didn't really have the balls to go through with a full back tat of two Cenobite ladies? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Half kissing and embracing. <laughs> but a thousand percent chance there's more than one person out there that has that tattoo. Probably. Yeah. Probably. People, there are some diehard fucking fans of this franchise yeah. who have already turned it off because they're mad because we're shitting all over. Mad as hell. <laughs> That's that's the thing. I like the actual franchise, but <laughs> yeah, mm. you're the only one. Um, no, that's not true. I like the first four movies, and then yeah. I didn't think ten was terrible. But that's. I mean, I think I'm it. walking away. Like I've watched now Hellraiser. I think more in the last even just like six months than I ever have in my entire life. Oh, 100%, like I, like I, yeah. I wanted when I was doing some catch up, and I was like, I want to watch like and start watching this like cool franchise. It, like I don't hate it. Like I honestly kind of like Pinhead as like you know a main figurehead for the whole fucking. Franchise. I just wish he did more. That's the problem. I understand mm-hmm. like the prosthetics and and yeah. the outfit and everything. Like he's a fucking demon. You know what I mean? Like I get it. He's just gonna do. But he they it just feels like they never give him enough to do. Yeah. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I don't it's, see. That's the thing. It's always been a weird character because like the first movie he was just the punishment at the end. Yeah. The second movie, he had a little bit more to do because they they pit him against the other, like Cenobites and like the basically the Leviathan God, right of the Hell World, mm-hmm. um, and then three obviously it goes off the fucking rails and pinheads all over the place, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, Spit, it, 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 he spits out bullets. It's a whole thing. Yeah, Loved but yeah, it. it's, it, his involvement is always just kind of like all over the place and, depend, and it mm-hmm. just depends on how much they're willing to spend to have mm-hmm. him be there. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Anything. Pretty yeah. much. I could see, I could see and understand that. But I, yeah. I, you do see this evolution, I think, in ways like you, there's always just like the huge of what he's always going to do. But I still think mm-hmm. there's like, even though I don't still don't think he's doing a lot, but like, and I can agree with that, but I still think you see mild changes throughout it or even just like how he uses his pins and bullshit like that. Yeah, the the mythos deepens a little bit at times. Mm -hmm. But like, I feel like by this point in the franchise, or not really by this point, but like certainly by, you know, probably Meg's movie. Like there's (laughs) there's not a whole lot to add. I mean, I was actually surprised we'll get to 10, but there's a little bit more that's added to it there. But like it's it. That's not Doug Bradley anymore. Right. So no. no. All right. Uh, Us redeeming ourselves and talking shit is done. Let's move on. <laughs> but uh, yeah, okay. So back to Inferno. Yeah, you know, we had he's he's 
investigating the murders and basically it comes down to he's chasing this character called the engineer the engineer is the murderer and he finds himself like breaking more laws disappointing more people essentially sinning more and -hmm. every time you kind of see it like every time he does that another murder happens Mm -hmm. and then he finds another finger the whole movie culminates at the end where he comes face to face with uh, the whole time he's chasing this child that is supposedly still alive Mm -hmm. and he's looking to save this child and by doing that he's you know also just breaking a lot of laws and being a shitbird uh he comes and finds the child and the child is actually just his own innocence Mm -hmm. that has been taken apart by all these things that he's done in the past so he's just hella corny (laughs) yeah it's corny it's corny but you know what it was actually at least constructed like a film that moves in a proper direction i see you i see you but but i see you but honestly yes i would agree with that statement steve but I absolutely fucking hated the the lead actor in this movie. <laughs> like <laughs> he's Dean not Winters, over him. He is not over this. Dean Winters is was like you know they didn't give him anything to do. He was like just fucking incredibly boring performance. But I still prefer it to this fucking guy. I just something about him. I couldn't stand him. I just wanted things bad things to happen to him immediately. But almost like what you're talking about with like him like throughout the movie like you know every time he does something bad is like i feel like even if we're looking for any sort of message about like what they're trying to do with this script and not that i'm trying to like justify how bad it was is like i don't think it was like oh these he just like happens to be doing something bad i think this is just like who he is ultimately and like the stress of the situation is now making him it's like almost going into overdrive of like where when he's in a calm state, he's going to go, you know, bang a hooker. He's going to ignore his family. And these are mm-hmm. just normal day to day things. But in those like high stress situation, he's like, yeah, I'm going to go fucking do. I'm going to go off the rails now. Yeah. You know he, what I mean? He, like normal him, normal <laughs> Detective Thorne threatens to to frame his partner and mm-hmm. just to fuck, you know, steals money and all this stuff. Right. And then, yeah. But then when the 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 stress is heightened he just kind of goes berserker a little bit well mm-hmm. i think well yeah i mean the very end he basically tries to solve every problem with a shotgun but yeah yeah <laughs> I, I i think what you're seeing is because again the film ends with the revelation that he has already been in hell the entire time mm-hmm. and right. is being tortured by pinhead so what you're actually seeing throughout the film is the the murders he's investigating are actually just scenes of his life of things he's already done mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because it starts again with that person that he knew in high school and he even tells a story about him from high school where he says we used to torture this kid and like you know we made his life a living hell mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. like that's the first instance in his life where he was a really shitty person mm-hmm. that he should have atoned for and then yeah. everything else you see after that is you know like he he let that ice cream truck ice cream ice cream truck driving pedophile you know like he killed him but also he let him be on his own right <laughs> he mm-hmm. turned his back on his partner he turned his back on his uh you know his family he let his you know mother and father rot in you know just hospice care mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. so yeah all of those things are things that you know he should be atoning for 
and it's so it's not really the stress is making him do that. He already did all those things. Mm-hmm. That's true. It's, That's true. Right. Well, this I mean, already this yeah. all already happened. It's like the yeah. previous movie in the sense that yeah. we're just reading a book inside of a movie almost. Right. Yeah. Or somebody's yeah. reading us a book inside of a movie. Right. right. Somebody's mm-hmm. telling us a tale that already happened. Yeah, yeah. I think in my mind when I was saying that, I was more so thinking of like we're reliving what happened because that's what mm-hmm. keeps happening to him. So like justifying right. like what's going on throughout that, you know. Because he does seem to be like heightenedly, like continuously getting stressed out throughout. Whatnot. Yeah, yeah. Can yeah. I ask a question? Um, sure. The bar that they, and I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but the bar that they go to to try to find the engineer, mm-hmm. um, the, the cowboy bar. Yeah, I love that spot. Is that the roadhouse from Porky's? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like literally, I think it might fucking be. It like might, it mm. looked just like it. Hmm. That's a good question. I don't know if it actually is. Yeah, it looks yeah. so much like it. And then they're all cowboys inside, like yeah. full-on cowboys, not like we, rednecks wearing cowboy hats. Yeah. So, so we talked about how like Hellseeker has like these the, this weirdness about it that mm-hmm. is just always omnipresent, and it, it never feels like things are moving at a correct pace because it's just jump cuts and everything. Mm-hmm. But then you have this wonderful little scene. Where he goes to an it's the entire, best scene in the movie by yeah, far. Yeah, it's an entire cowboy bar. It's mm-hmm. it's very almost David Lynchian. With I how, wrote in my notes: <laughs> Is this like the fucking cabin? You know, in in, yeah. a, in a Lynch movie, whatever the fucking what's it called? The 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 in uh, uh, Twin Peaks, the something yeah, cabin. Yeah, the Twin Peaks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it just seemed, yes, this bar absolutely felt like it was from Twin Peaks. Yeah, it becomes very David Lynchian, and you have, like, this entire cosplay cowboy cowboy bar where they're playing mm-hmm. poker, and the, the proprietor has fucking six shooters on him. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he is also the guy, the bartender in the Halo from Fight Club. Yep. As yep. well. He's yep. a great absolutely. character actor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, that dude pops up in a lot of places, but yeah, he's mm-hmm. great. Um and then you even see like the, the 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 image of the engineer, which is so far been portrayed basically as a Cenobite with a, mm-hmm. like a blank face, but in is like Max Payne cosplay. <laughs> kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you see him sick run leather out the, jacket, wide ass tie. Yeah, <laughs> fake leather jacket, faux fake, leather, nineties faux leather, it's like so the shiny thin. vinyl. Yeah, yeah. But you see him run out the bar, and at the same time, he's no, he's no. Hold on, he does not hat. run out. He does not run out. He stands up and then roller skates <laughs> to the back corner of the bar. He's very much, yeah, pretty yeah. much, yeah. He very much slides, slides <laughs> like the fucking. What are those guys with the big weird smiles and Buffy? You know those two. You know the two oh. like twin kind of guys. He walks like that. How they just float. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he yeah. pops up in the corners like ha and just fucking roller skates. I to wish the back he corner. said ha That would have been fucking great. <laughs> I laugh. I laughed out loud but he just hovered he was like ha ah, you see ya fuck off but he does have a cowboy hat on so he's he does willing have to a play the part mm-hmm. <laughs> he does have a cowboy hat he was, he was one of the people playing the card for sure. yes yeah. yep mm-hmm. yep yep uh our 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 acting detective his uh I, I say acting because he has a lot of scenes that are very much acting <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah he's projecting to the back of the auditorium yeah. um but yeah he gives chase into the woods and loses the engineer <laughs> Only to be t- attacked by two Asian cowboys who come through cowboys. the shit out of him. <laughs> cowboys. They're putties, I think, uh, from Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Yeah. Uh, but they full on are ninja cowboys. Yeah. Like, they that's full the only on way to put kick it. the shit out of him. <laughs> 
doing fucking roundhouses and stuff. Yeah. I was like, you add, have you guys ever played the game? It's just paper, rock, scissors, but instead of paper, rock, scissors, it's bear ninja cowboy. Okay. Did you ever play I've never that? heard of this. <laughs> so I, I, instead of, instead too? of paper, you know, paper, flat hand, you know, rock, scissors, yeah. it's bear, raw, uh, ninja, <laughs> cowboys, put them up partner. So you turn <laughs> and you do that and then, you know, it's like bear beats ninja because he mauls him, right? Obviously. Kay. Ninja beats cowboy because he can block the bullets with the swords like a lightsaber. Oh my God. And then, of course, uh, 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 cowboy beats bear because he shoots him. But uh, I was like, if a bear shows up right now and this is <laughs> full on bear ninja cowboy, I'm going to fucking lose it. But Brian, no such luck. You just brought up a sore spot and I... <laughs> Because I believe they actually do that shit in the new live-action Cowboy Bebop on Netflix. Oh, I haven't watched that yet. <laughs> yeah, which I am going to watch it. I'm, I know because I, 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 I love the anime. But okay, well, is it not good? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh god damn it! I'm just going to watch Punisher Warzone twice instead. Hell yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that, but. Uh, yeah, what what happens after the ninjas kick the shit uh, out the of the fucking them? CGI family crumbles? Yeah. It's fucking yeah. stupid. Yeah, something <laughs> stupid happens. Some, <laughs> some fucking dumb happens. Some dumb shit happens. Uh, he goes. He he does go back to his home, or no, he goes to the school to investigate, and he sees his partner murdered. After seeing his partner murdered, he goes back to his own home because that's where he's being led around by the engineer, hmm. and it's a. Uh, yeah, he comes across his wife and child that have been strapped to this obelisk in a spinning snowy room <laughs> yeah. and they freeze to death and die and then fall apart very much like uh remember resident <laughs> evil yeah when the guy's chopped up by the lasers <laughs> yeah and yeah, he just falls effect. into a bunch of slice or a bunch <laughs> of cubes or whatever yeah same yeah. effect <laughs> yeah um Except for like glass, because they're like shattered, because they're right. supposed to be like frozen solid. <laughs> right. The one character we haven't mentioned a lot, but he doesn't come up a lot either, is like there's a priest slash mm -hmm. kind of psychologist mm -hmm. that he's asked to see, and it's yeah, played who's, by who's clearly the engineer. Like it's very clear right. from the beginning he's the engineer. <laughs> clearly, the I engineer. just like saw him and this I was just person. like, "This is Dexter's dad. He is definitely like hiding something." <laughs> well, because he's also like. I know everything about all the cops. And then later he's like, whoever the killer is knows everything about all the cops. Like, <laughs> right. It's like, that's so bad. <laughs> even like Kate, who was not even really watching, she was like, is he the killer? I'm like, yeah, I mean, obviously, I don't know how, in what way, but he clearly is. Yeah. But yeah, as Meg mentioned, it's played by James Remar, Dexter's dad. Or as other people will recognize him as Raiden from Mortal Kombat Annihilation. <laughs> That's what I know. <laughs> because I have bad taste. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know what? It, there is a little bit of great production uh, design mm -hmm. in that the first time you see him, he's very much, you know, like a priest, prim and pro proper. And then this time when you see him in the home and he comes out, he has a lapel pin of the crucifix. 
but it's turned upside down. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, let's... <laughs> so the metal. most generous use of the word great ever. <laughs> I already called it... I already called this film Lynchian, so I can do whatever I want. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You've all, you, you have um, expressed that you have the nerve to <laughs> say things like that. I have, yeah. I mean, that's, that's long running on this show, but I have the goal to compare... <laughs> things to absolute pieces of shit the ward to like Shawshank Redemption or something (laughs) one flew of this cuckoo's nest (laughs) that's right that's right did Pinhead show up yet well no this this is where Pinhead shows up yeah this this is is, where he shows up yeah this is I mean well it's like 15 minutes left in the movie yeah he's he showed up uh in bits and pieces here and there throughout the film but this is where he reveals himself to uh the, the priest reveals himself to be actually Pinhead right who's been yes. guiding him through this the entire time. Yes. If Pinhead he would have sh- just this- been like, and then change, it probably would have been even better. <laughs> yeah. Do like a classic, <laughs> classic bad guy laugh. Yeah. He, he shows up with 15 minutes left and he's basically an NPC that gives Thorn like a hint because he's stuck. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I'm agreeing, but yes. I don't want, I don't. He shows up and he's like, I don't understand. He's like, fine, fine. I'm Pinhead. Yes, here's what's happening. Go to that door. Use, use the key that's in your inventory, you fucking jerk. You've been dead the entire time. Let's get on with it. Yeah. You are clearly too stupid to figure this out. I, w- I will say, though, the like the actual speech he gives is a lot better than that. And it's it, it's for the little amount of time Pinhead is in the film, it's actually very good. So I I, I like the little speeches he gives. Yeah, he's, I he, mean he's always good as, as Pinhead. You mm-hmm. always he always he he you're you can't take your eyes off him when he's on screen. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean I think I, I think he's even far more interesting than when he's in Hellseeker. Unfortunately, he doesn't mm-hmm. he, he doesn't have like good speeches in Hellseeker. But at least he's in it. He's in you know it. what I mean? Like this movie, he's barely in it. Yeah. He really doesn't show show up until 15 minutes left. Right. Which, I mean, is kind of the same way he was in Hellraiser 1. You know? Yeah, but it's you not... have Frank the whole time. <laughs> yeah. There's no Frank in this movie. There's no Frank in this movie. Um, it, the other thing is it still plays more to the the older Hellraiser of he's a punishment device. Like he's not a full-on character like he was developed in three and four. Mm-hmm. So it, it's kind of depends on how much you love that and not. And obviously this is also a problem because of the script not being a Hellraiser script from the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Pinhead plays a kind of a different role in this even. You yeah. know what I mean? Like he go like, well, here's, I'll, I'll just read what I wrote. I said, now this is me like at this point in the movie, I'm just venting in my notes and I'm like, <laughs> now Pinhead's some sort of teacher of divine morals. He's mm-hmm. Satan now. No, no. It was all a dream. Better yet. It's Groundhog's Day. This movie's <laughs> fucking trash. <laughs> that was word for word what I read in my notes. Can you put that in the actual description of this show? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's ex- that was word for word what I read in my last note here. <laughs> I mean, uh, <laughs> uh, like it's I not know, total trash, but it's trash. I, like I feel yeah. like with what you what you said, like I can only echo that because I feel like the later the movies go on, and maybe it's just with the ones at least that we watched. 
um, or that I've seen up to that point. It's just like, it seems like progressively he is getting, becoming more and more of that character. So blatantly like, Hey, I'm just here to tell you how terrible of a human you are. And then I'm going to tear you apart and kill Mm -hmm. you. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, right. I, I, I always found like, I felt like it became more blatant and I, in the earlier movies it was there but i don't think it was like as blanzy so it made him more terrifying i think in the earlier movies yeah, yeah because he was like the the masochist in the in mm-hmm. the, in the first movies where he was like i'm here to like feed on your pain right these move some of these movies like this one included it's more like and even in 10 in my movie it's more like i'm here to to like pass some sort. I mean, my movie's little called Judgment. Yeah, yeah. He's like I. Yeah, exactly. He's like he works in the bureaucracy of hell, mm-hmm. and he's just here to like fucking file the paperwork and shit. So <laughs> you um, filed the paperwork. I came. But I also think it got <laughs> yeah. worse in yours, Brian, and I know we'll get to it. Oh, we'll we will. We will. It. It's a waste of perfectly good printer ink. <laughs> <laughs> But he's, he's uh, he, you do get the hook stretching the face. I mean, you get yeah. the classic, you know. I almost want to do that for Halloween next year and figure out how to do the like stretch my face and just have hooks in it. I think that would be a great costume. Yeah, you got to do. I, I've seen people do the the whatever her name. I don't remember her name is, but the one that has her like throat opened up. Mm, oh, you yeah, know, she's yeah. in the first couple movies. I've seen yeah. people do that one. That's um, pretty good. That cosplay, but yeah, that's takes some level of expertise. Obviously. Yeah, it takes a lot of <laughs> a lot of makeup knowledge. Yeah, we'll just take Tom Savini's special effects class, and then we'll be good. Yeah, go. we'll be able there to pay, pull yep. pull that off. Perfect. Um, the, like this one is very clear it's not a hellraiser movie like it's a different genre like this is supposed to be like a crime thriller whodunit kind mm-hmm. of movie that they just kind of inserted you know yeah, yeah it was supposed into. to be seven there's another film i'm thinking of that is uh very similar to this uh, i just want to see if i can look it up real quick and maybe you remember it but it was uh with christopher lambert oh highlander no. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's the only Christopher Lambert movie I can think of. Right. <laughs> or regular. Oh, Mortal, Mortal Kombat. Kombat. Yeah, Mortal yeah. Kombat. Yeah, the original one. Uh, I think it's Highlander called like, Revelations. 3. Is no. it really called Revelations? That would be so funny. I think it's something like that. <laughs> it, it is. It is terrible. Wait, is it called Night Moves? But knight is spelled with a K, like a knight in shining armor, <laughs> because that is a, literally a fucking 1992 movie. And if Bob Seger doesn't show up as a cameo, I'm going to be so furious. <laughs> <laughs> He's just in the back. It's called Resurrection is what it's called. Uh, it's called Resurrection. Gotcha. And it's a, it, again, it's a find body pieces, investigate a murder, and it mm. has like religious undertones and whatnot. What what if in Night Moves, like the cop is questioning Bob Seeger and they were like, you know, describe the perp. And he was like, a little too tall, could have used a few pounds. Oh, God. <laughs> it just started doing the whole lyrics. <sighs> oh, guys. I, Brian has I'm to write bad. his own movie. <laughs> I tickle. I'm tickling myself over here, guys. Yeah. Uh, overall, though, you know what? Inferno for being the first of the directive video and the first of from the desk of dimensions intern. Yeah, I it, it, I think it is way better than the ones that would follow. Um, better than Hellseeker, better than Seven. You know what? Actually, not better than Deader. I actually like Deader. I haven't hmm. seen Deader yet. Yeah. yeah, the script is better than Six, but the performances are worse. I think. Um, Only not all the performances. 
Only but. no, you hate the main actor. <laughs> he's but he's so much of the movie. I know he's so much of the movie. Yeah. But I'm just he's saying, literally on screen almost every minute of the film. Yeah, I'm just saying, like James Remar is fine. Like he's, he's fine. He's a he's good fine. actor. Nick Nicholas DeToro is a good actor. Nah, he's not good in this. Well, he he's, fucking he's fine. flat as fell. There, there is there is one scene where like it's very expositionary, and he's just like, uh, you know me. I'm a straight-laced cop. I do things yeah, yeah. by the book. I have it's a wife and family. <laughs> it's so bad, too. Because, so, like, they, he is so cool with the idea that his his um, uh, partner's trying to frame him for murder. He's just like, not cool, bro. Like, it's, just like, he's, it's bad. But that's not his fault, I don't think. It's the script. But, yeah. um, but anyway. You've got Halo Bartender. You've got Asian ninjas. You've got Halo Doug bartender Brown. is the best part. I mean, that scene. I've Are these that your selling the best points right now, Steve? Is this like yes. where we're going right now? Okay, cool. Yes. Cowboy ninjas. Halo bartender. You uh, had, yeah, you had your all... chance to make selling points, Meg, and you said, <laughs> Kirsty Kirsty. back. <laughs> I still, I still think if, these, if those are our selling points, I'm still on top right now. But yeah. I, the only thing I'll give this movie is like, because if we're like really comparing at this point, is that like mine was like a regurgitated version of yours, but yours was like better executed in it. Like if it was, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm, but mine yeah. still had Kersey Cotton. You know what I mean. Yeah. It, yeah. This only took me two sittings to watch. There you go. <laughs> Whereas the other one took me like five <laughs> sittings to watch. So, you know. Also, mine right. has a lot. <laughs> Mine has a lot more and better practical effects than yeah, Hellseeker. It, it feels more like a horror movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, not a horror movie. It feels, yeah, yeah. yeah. It feels like a, 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 a cop thriller horror-ish right. movie. Seven. It feels like fucking yeah, seven. It feels like bit. seven. Yeah, it's, yeah, I, it's in the same. I legit still think one of my selling points here is that I think one notch needs to get taken off of Brian's list for giving me a not-so-horror horror movie. <laughs> Given his adamant anti Beetlejuice being a haunted or a horror movie, yeah, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna throw this out there as more selling points in my favor here. I haven't even done my movie yet, you rat bastard. I haven't even done it yet. Call off the dogs. I'm still trying to throw you off, bro. Meg, you have zero point zero percent chance of winning. <laughs> Right. It's it's definitely between my movie and my movie, which is worse, which is Brian's movie. <laughs> it's not worse. It's way better. All right. Let's jump it. into it. Hellraiser Judgment. Guys, 2018. This is the newest of the Hellraiser franchise. Um, this movie, and, and I don't even really care to get into it because, again, it's not great by any stretch of the imagination. I'm not even going to pretend. I'm not going to pull a Steve and say, you know, this is fucking The Shining. But um, <laughs> it is directed by Gary J. Tunicliffe. Tunicliffe? Tunicliffe? Okay. Um, I don't know anything about him. I looked. I was like, what else did he direct? Um, virtually nothing. He is known for uh, uh, being a makeup He's a makeup guy. He's a makeup guy. He's a hair guy. He's a wardrobe guy. Um, he's known for doing, you know, some pretty good effects, specifically in like Blade. And he is known for for you know doing some pretty some pretty epic kills. But he's not a director. Uh, and you know that much is is fairly fairly um, uh, uh, clear. Apparent. <laughs> yeah. When you go to known for on IMDb, it's makeup department. Makeup department, makeup department, and makeup department. Those are what he's known for. Um, for Feast, Blade, X-Men Origins, Wolverine, Apollo 18. Those are the first things that come up. None of those would be uh, uh, director gigs. Um, and currently is filming a movie called Dark Harvest, 
which comes out next year. Uh, and he is a makeup artist and practical effects. Uh, that's pretty much all he does now. Uh, makeup designer, special effects. Yeah, I, I, I do not think he's done much else in the way of directing. Um, although this was only a few years ago, right? So, uh, yeah, so he might, hey, might have a hell of a career in front of him. Right. Um, but uh, so in any case, that that's kind of that's kind of what we're starting with. Um, here's 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 a selling point for this movie right off the bat. We've got Cenobites in the first minute. Not the last 15 minutes of the movie. We've got Cenobites in the very first move, very first minute of the movie. Um, you know, it's Pinhead talking to this kind of like professorial Cenobite who I was referring to as the Christoph Waltz of Cenobites um, the whole time. Um, and he's talking about how the the world is kind of ripe for evil shit. Um, and then this random guy gets a note to go to this house. This is actually kind of a cool scene. Um, he he he's tied up in this house. Um, he he you know he's obviously seen some shit. He's like kind of like uh uh you know kind of um, dirty and seems like he's been like kind of living. Maybe I don't know if he's been living outdoors, but he definitely has been through some shit. Um, he sees this note that basically says like, "Hey, we understand what you're going through. You know, come to this house." House, signed a sympathetic friend he he shows up and he's immediately tied up and introduced to you know christoph waltz of cenobites who ties him to this wheelchair um and and the design i thought was cool for the Cenobite because he had these big slashes all over his face mm. and then these big kind of like coke bottle almost like welding glasses um and he is known as the auditor um and he has this random guy hooked up to this like blood pump that's that's extracting blood from the guy mm -hmm. and then putting it into the inkwell in the typewriter and he's typing his story with the guy's blood mm -hmm. which i thought was pretty cool um and uh he you know he basically gets him to admit all this like terrible shit that he did he obviously was some sort of like really deranged fucking guy like child predator or something like that um and he tells the assessor all this stuff and and um or i'm sorry he tells the 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 uh you know the the christoph waltz cenobite the auditor all this stuff and he basically gets him you know to admit all these things he he did and then he says you know hey we're going to give this to the the uh the assessor um which uh and then ultimately it's going to the jury and you don't know what he's talking about right but it's called judgment so you understand he's kind of like going through this kind of like cenobite bureaucracy of sorts and then this creepy little like sausage finger guy comes out and puts children's tears which he proudly <laughs> explains is a little pa little bottle of children's tears puts it all over the paper that he printed with the guy's ink or typed on with the guy's uh, uh blood ink um and then eats it barfs it up into this little sink which goes down a tube to these topless women with their faces ripped off who feel around in the vomit and then decide that he's guilty and it's fucking wild it's like fucking the first few minutes of this movie are wild <laughs> um and uh uh so so it's this whole like i said this whole kind of process now they they talk about hey you're guilty and he's like well i thought you were going to help me and he's like we are helping you like this is your reward this is what you deserve you're going to go get washed and then go see the the surgeon and the butcher which being washed is just uh, more uh, very spooky naked women licking you all over <laughs> and, and or potentially eating parts of you i'm not sure and then <laughs> this big guy comes out so um he, he he's like uh he, he's almost like this big uh, it's like master he's, blaster he's, yeah he's on a slab and um this like 
cherub face, leather face kind of guy. Yeah, like Master Blaster kind of looking dude comes in and then a gimp jumps out from underneath his like coat. Like it's the fucking kids that are under the coat of the, the Ghost of Christmas past. <laughs> and just fucking slices his ass all up. And F, after that happens, I, I was watching this on uh, Prime. And they give you the option. It was like two ninety nine, or you can watch it free with ads. Yeah, I watched it free with ads, and it went hard cut from that scene to a Christmas commercial, <laughs> like hard cut. I was like, "What the fuck?" Hey, it was like so we did say jar- tis the jarring. season. We did say yeah. tis the season, right? Oh my gosh, it was yeah, it was it was pretty intense. So, um, but uh, you know, cuts him up, slices his face off, blood. The blood kind of sprays out of the tube all over the jury, the jury women's boobies. I don't know. Yeah. It's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. Um, it's very so ceremonial. Get, yeah, yeah, you get not. Yeah, ceremonial it's, is a good way of putting it. Yeah. And then he also discards the skin. Yeah. To to the to the jury. I don't know yeah. why they get the skin. Yeah, the skin's <laughs> the best part. It always right. Is. We fight over the, you fight over the skin. It's crispy. Um, and guys, chicharrones. <laughs> <laughs> Can Guys, we call them like is... Cenerones or something? Can we just like need to be like Cenobites and Chicharones or <laughs> This is 12 minutes in, guys. This is a pre credit sequence. Brian, yeah. I'm already <laughs> upset with all of this. Like legit. Like Oh, it's wild. So um, you know, you get the site. So, so I'll, I'll, you know, I wanted to s- express that part in detail because it was just a fucking wild series of scenes. Um, but now you, you start to get into the timeline, very similar to what Steve talked about. Like this feels very seven ripoff. Mm-hmm. Um, for sure. There's like this drunk woman that shows up to her apartment and she's murdered in her apartment. And then you're introduced to these two brothers who are detectives, which I was referring to Tough brother, T-U-F-F, and fancy brother. <laughs> yeah. So it's tough brother and fancy brother. That's what I've been talking to him the whole time in my notes. I introduced them as. Um, and then they have this other detective uh, who is separate, who doesn't know them, who doesn't work with them, who's been kind of injected into this. Her name's Christine. Um, and they're all in this case together. So, the, um, you know, the the mur- what you learned find out is that the murder sewed. This woman was like obsessed with her dog and talked about how she worshipped her dog. Mm-hmm. And they the murderer sewed the dog into her abdomen because like felt so much in that scene. (laughs) Like I just cuddled Bruce a little bit closer. Um, Did you cuddle him closer or not as close? (laughs) No, I cuddled closer. I was like, it's okay, buddy. I won't let anyone put you inside. You didn't put him in like the, 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 your hoodie pocket in the front. I don't don't want a hoodie like that yet. (laughs) um but it's it's yeah it's it's you know they're going for the over the top like disturbing violence type of thing but the the effects are pretty pretty good i thought like it's i don't know it was effective scene you kind of knew something was going to happen like more disturbing than actually was because and even christine or whatever her name is was like do you think this is the same guy? Because he likes to shock and awe. Basically, you know, they, this this uh, this murderer, this serial killer, had they were already on the case, right? right. He'd already performed some of these like horrific, you know, staged murders. Um, it's you know, you you kind of get this idea that tough brother is going through some marital strife. He forgets his wife's birthday. Um, and the murdered, you come to realize they, they refer to him as the preceptor, 
which is kind of like, I guess, an acronym for like a teacher. Um, and he's doing a bunch of these seven style murders, you know, sending letters to the cops. I think they mentioned at this point he's killed like 14 people. So the yeah. next murder, they go right to the next murder scene. It's a bunch of hands and, uh, and jars of blood arranged on this playground and like thieves is spelled out on the fence and like missing posters. And apparently they were a bunch of like, there's some other like biblical shit there. Apparently it was like a, a bunch of like teenage girls who had like shoplifted basically. Right. So and he cut off all their hands and stuff. So, so I guess so. Like if that's okay, that's the commandment. Thou shalt not steal. Right. But right. That's not what comes up. They talk about eye for an eye, which is not well, a commandment. No, no, they don't. They talk about how it's stealing, you know, because it's his thieves on there. Right. But when they open up the hands, yeah, there's an eye and a tooth in there. Eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, or whatever. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's it's definitely mixed biblical metaphors happening yeah. here, mm -hmm. uh, for sure. <laughs> Um, and then you flash to pin pinhead. He's just kind of like feeling very chill in what was happening. Like you're you're in like pinheads, like kind of like man cave, if you will. He's just like <laughs> sitting on his fucking throne, like chilling and just like taking it all in, kind of thing. Um, He's just staring at a get, blank wall too. He's not yeah, even yeah. looking. I mean, that's what he does. I imagine if He's if just pinhead had some... a TV, he would just be watching, like just just snow you know what i mean just like distorted screen so um so that's pretty not, much the equivalent not, of what not he's doing to, you know get too you know divergent of the lore but like there is a comic series of hellraiser uh, you know just hellraiser anthology mm -hmm. there's you know little comics and hell in that pin pinhead sits on a throne overlooking hell from a giant black tower Seeing him sit in a dark room in a house. No, he's in the yeah, he's in the green room. Like he's about to go do an interview, and he's I just know. sitting there in the green room. Yeah, seeing him just yeah, they, sit in a dark room in a house, staring at a wall, just like, yes, I'm having a good what? day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I almost, I feel like if like with what you're even bringing up, Steve, like I feel like that even brings more of like a background into this, which I feel like they're they're just stretching because I feel like they do in this movie. I, I don't want steer too far away from it but i feel like they do bring in a lot of new things yeah there's new stuff i think happening yeah it, they they're trying to portray like i said this this almost like bureaucracy of hell if you mm -hmm. will but i i took it as pinhead is is into transcendental meditation and that's what he was doing <laughs> he's he's i mean it it's comes full circle the david lynch the david lynch foundation is involved now pinhead is no, a monk he, is a David Lynch. He's a member of the David Lynch Foundation. He's into, <laughs> he's into DM, uh, and that's that's where he's at. Uh, we do get a, a surprise uh, a cameo, albeit a very quick one, from uh, the, the great Heather Langenkamp, um, which you would. She's a landlord uh, of like one of the the murder victims or people that that ultimately lead them to the next scene. But everyone would know her, of course, from the Friday Thirteenth uh, or not Friday Thirteenth. I'm sorry, Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. Um, so, uh, they find this ad address on this like perverts computer, um, that takes them to the initial house that the main guy went to, who was, who was, um, you know, audited or whatever at the beginning. Again, Christoph Waltz sent a bite, uh, has, has, uh, has tough, tough brother, tough, brother uh, cop. tough, tough bro, <laughs> tough bro, uh, tied up and uh and explains the lament configuration to him starts to interview him tells him about how you know the tough bro tells him about how he killed all these people in war and all this stuff first of all the 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 christoph waltz centibite quotes uh christmas carol at this point so um i submit that this is in fact a christmas movie um, so this is the second time they've brought up charles dickens though 
yeah. And this is something with this character that is yeah. so despicable and stupid. Well, mm-hmm. it's weird because because Tough Bro brings it up the first time. Right. Because it's part of like his which you ultimately come, you know, spoiler alert here, obviously, you come to learn that the, the, uh, the killer, the, the, uh, uh, not the arbiter, the what the hell is this? The preceptor. Um, I knew it was something that sounds like it's from Starcraft. Um, <laughs> he, uh, he is the, he's the guy, right? Yeah. Tough bro is him. So, um, so it was part of his lore. So you could surmise that Christoph Waltz Cenobite knows that. Oh yeah. No, you know, yeah, he would know yeah. that, but I'm just saying, I think it's super stupid of the, <laughs> the brother to think like that. A tale of two cities is the most popular book. That's, <laughs> Cause he says it once. He says, tale of two cities is the popular, most popular, popular fiction novel. book. That's not true. It's like Harry yeah. Potter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then he says it again that it's the most popular book ever. And his whole thing is he's supposed to be a Bible themed killer. The Bible yeah, yeah. is even bigger than Harry stupid Potter. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yeah. Uh, listen, I, I don't want to say you're focused on the wrong things, but I do think that you are you are uh, um, picking apart areas where there are you got bigger fish to fry i'm just saying it's, he's a stupid killer i don't i don't it is he sucks yeah he he's sucks. a stupid I get person it. he should well know. And, and ultimately he does get kind of he gets his comeuppance for being fucking stupid and arrogant mm-hmm. at the end uh which i kind of did like but in any way then the barf guy shows up the 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 uh the the guy who assess the assessor or whatever his fucking name is and he can't deal the jury can't deal this guy tough Tough bro is so bad so that the hate. Cenobites can't deal with him. Demons are turned off by his badassness and his <laughs> his meanness. Um, he is the fucking Grinch of 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 fucking Cenobites. I don't know. He like I I was like, okay, I get it. He's like a bad guy. He's yeah. like killed a bunch of people and blah blah blah. But literally, demons are like barfing. Right. <laughs> like that's a little, a little much. But. Um, so so then this this uh you know British blonde woman who I think her name is Jofiel Jofiel something like that um who is an angel clearly an angel she mm-hmm. looks like an angel from a Hallmark Christmas movie she's wearing all white except for she doesn't have a shirt underneath her like power blazer mm-hmm. um but but otherwise she looks like she's straight out of a fucking Hallmark Christmas movie basically um, she lifted um she lifted Tilda Swinton's wardrobe from Constantine. Oh, she kind of fucking did. You're right. She doesn't look anything like Tilda Swinton. She looks Not more like an ex- an yeah. extra from Legally Blonde or some shit. Yeah. But she she definitely lifted Tilda Swinton's wardrobe. She she looks a lot like that. Um, so uh, she tells him to release the you know tough tough guy brother. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know so again the the kind of you know nude women come up and and clean him again by you know licking licking him all over and then like dumping a cup of their saliva in his mouth it's pretty fucking gross yeah um probably honestly the grossest part of the movie like i was like oh jesus christ (laughs) drinking a cup of someone's spit is so fucking see it's funny that you like i i i get it more now that you said that uh this director worked it worked on feast because that movie is so gross and over the top a lot of the time. Yeah. So now like this cup of spit in the mouth and the dog in the abdomen, yeah. like all that kind of gross out, like, you know, shock stuff makes more sense knowing that he worked on Feast because that's all that movie is. 
Yeah, that's I mean, that's that's definitely his his MO here, right? Mm-hmm. They're they're going for the shock, the shock kills, the shock violence, the gross out stuff. Um I, I think you know, they so, do, I think they do miss uh, an opportunity here though, because mm-hmm. so you have the you have the angel saying to let him go, but he doesn't get let go. He he fucking apparently beats up all the women who are like licking him and then runs off with a cube. Yeah, at this point, um, they're very much taken off guard by the angel coming and telling them that they have to let him go. It's mm-hmm. like that's not protocol at all, right? They don't know why. They're like, what What are you talking about? And at this point. You know, the head dude in charge, you think, you know, uh, of like the operations is Christoph Waltz Cenobite. Yeah. But he gets the word from her, let him go, excuse me, I have hiccups, let him go. And he's like, um, or, uh, okay, I gotta go talk to Pinhead. So he like runs off to Pinhead's, you know, fucking bro cave and starts telling him about it. And in the meantime, I took it as the process is still happening. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's still mm-hmm. going to the cleaners. He's still going to the, the surgeons and they're trying to de- figure out what to, how to deal with this request from the angel. Mm-hmm. And in the meantime, he fucking escapes basically. See, mm-hmm. see that nah, it, it actually, no, it's it's actually constructed a little better than that, because yeah. so when he's getting washed, he he actually slips an arm free, and grabs one of the women licking him by the back of her head, mm-hmm. and then it cuts. Did I miss that? You I must. Have you might have. That. It was super. It's super subtle and super quick. But yeah, then I must have missed that. Like I think the missed opportunity is having a scene where he's roughhousing with a bunch of naked women. He could have been could have been giving them the coconut clunk, banging their heads together. <laughs> could have been giving her a hanging vertical suplex. Yeah. Just remind me because I was the first. I only watched this one time through, but there was the one scene, and I feel like it was with him. Where was it? Like during the process, though, there he was getting all of the rejections, like when they were eating the letter that had everything he did, and then. Like when the women, the jur, the jurors, like down below, like they started getting negatively impacted by him because the process was still going. Is that when that happened, or is that yeah. a little bit later? Um, well, they do have a negative response to him right off the bat right. when when the guy, like the 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 assessor guy, mm-hmm. um, just basically starts choking and vomiting black shit. Oh, right. you know, okay, down yeah, yeah. there. So then yeah. they have a negative response, but then later on they come back around as well so yeah. so he has like two interactions with yeah them, yeah kind of. okay mm-hmm. yeah. i just want to make sure that was when it happened because i remember that being a thing because i thought that was like pretty important but i also felt like what i so there's a lot of things that i was like okay with with this movie but the things that i don't like and them kind of changing the whole like story in ways was that like angel character i felt like it, I, I didn't like this dynamic that now all of a sudden they're playing, I think too far into, I think where pinheads being developed in ways to be like, okay, I just oversee this side of, I oversee hell. And then you have this angel figure. You like that. I feel like, and I don't know what happened in the other movies. Like maybe if like, maybe Steve, you can speak to that. Cause I don't know if that this is, is the this first is, time. This is the first time they really bring okay. up an angel. It, yeah, like I said, I, there, there is that bit I was talking about in the comics, but even then, the the comics that I did read never have any angelic or, like, uh, God or, like, anything that would give any kind of hope or any sort of higher bureaucracy to Pinhead. Like, Pinhead is always number one. Yeah, and that's what I always feel like that took away from, Mm -hmm. that somehow maybe Pinhead wasn't this, like, all-powerful being who could be, like, the arbiter of, like you know, pain and death and like even assessment, I could accept it 
or in like, you know, as it de- him developing that way. But I didn't love that aspect yes. in this one. I think it's like, this is the 10th fucking movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, so how like, can we be unique right what, now? What are we going to do? Because we know at this point, like Pinhead is the fucking star. Like right. Pinhead is what people yep. are coming to see. So let's make some conflict for Pinhead. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And in sure. this instance, it's, you know, and we'll get to it because yeah. it, it comes to like him kind of like being this weird, like, I don't want to say anti-hero, but it's kind of like, I'm going to stand up to the, the, um, hypocrisy of God. Mm-hmm. And he ultimately pays, he ultimately pays a price for that or the ultimate price, perhaps we don't really know, but you know, we'll get to that in the end. But I did like that, that, Pinhead got some redemption and reckoning of his own. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if you're not going to do that, I mean, if you would have done that in the third movie, it might have been jumping the shark, but it's the fucking 10th movie. You know <laughs> we I mean? didn't really touch on, I don't, I mean, we might, you guys probably have like mildly, like, but the new Pinhead, he just reminds me of like Prometheus a lot. Did you guys yeah. like? Yeah, he's like, like see that a little of- bit. His name, it's Paul T. Taylor is the guy's name. And I honestly thought he did a pretty good job. Yeah, he's like, he's, he's, he's effective. He looks cool. He honestly looks more, I mean, he's not the pinhead we know, but he's pretty damn close and he's very sinister looking. Mm -hmm. I feel like he has more like angular features that, Mm -hmm. that make him seem like pretty, I don't know. He, he pulls off the demon. I haven't seen nine, but I have seen, you know, we talked about in the last movie or the last episode, nine has the pinhead that looks like he got stung by bees, he or looks just like a fat a, baby. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like he just like had an allergic reaction to shellfish. Yeah, and like this one, he you know he looks fucking demonic. He looks he, cool. Yeah, he mm-hmm. looks pretty cool. There's a with the exception of like a couple scenes because he has like a really high collar. And it pushes into his neck, and it gives him a double chin sometimes, and it's just like, ah, don't give, don't give Pinhead a double chin. <laughs> yeah, you don't, don't like that. that. You don't want that. No, no, don't do that. That's um, but yeah, so so anyway, you know, tough bro escapes. We talked about, you know, Pinhead's kind of like he's like, we got to go after him, and Pinhead's like, now he'll be back. So, um, tough bro takes fancy bro back to the house, and nothing's there, right? So tough bro does that kind of like style of brooding drinking, where you just sit at a spot in the silence with a bottle and a tumbler and just like tip it into your mouth like i feel like that's such a cliche of like badass guys drinking their feelings (laughs) like they all do it the same way um but you know he he goes to bed and uh you know there's some dang cinnabites in his bedroom um including the chatterer who just show up for a minute who it, it I and this this solidified this for me. He's basically like the Goldar of the Hellraiser universe. Yeah. Which is like like, like he's like Rita Repulsa's number two. Like that's what the chatterer is. He's, he's like always there, like but the, always just getting dunked on. Nobody cares. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He is the fucking Goldar of this whole thing. Like, um, I just I love that character. But so then they like, you know, the fucking Janice uh Cinnabite Cine- twins show up and they they uh put this kind of mask on him and they do some stuff and he wakes up. It's kind of you don't really fucking know what they were trying to do but the wife thinks it's all like him having ptsd symptoms from mm-hmm. from his time in you know military service so um she confronts him and then they have like sleepy bones but he's still having weird flashbacks so like then he jumps up and bails and just like grabs his bottle and like runs out the door but he does have enough time to put his tough guy leather jacket on yes. <laughs> uh, which i thought was kind of funny because he's super um, tough <laughs> Yeah. So and then and then answer me this. So then he's outside stumbling around drunk, drinking, drinking out of the bottle in, in the alleyway. Um, 
is that Frank that shows up out in the fucking alleyway with the jury woman no. and they have the Levent configured? Doesn't it kind of look like Frank mm. though? He's just got like the totally ripped off face, like mid transition Frank. No, no, no. It's, it is just, um, it's just the guy from the, the intro. Oh fuck. Yes. It is mm. that guy. Yeah. Isn't it? Cause you, cause you yeah. see him once with just, you know, regular fucking pervert. And then he yeah. does have his face ripped off, but that's yeah, just you're like, right. that's just doing them the thing where like people's faces get ripped off. Yeah. People's. Yeah. The, you're right. You're it, right. It, it is happens, that guy. It happens in Hellseeker too. When mm. Dean Winters is running through the halls of the police station basement, mm-hmm. he runs past a, a janitor's closet or whatever. And there's mm-hmm. a guy hooked up with chains just exactly like Frank. Yeah. But uh, I Frank. just thought, yeah, you're right. I, I thought for a quick second there was like some kind of fan service thing that they were doing there. But mm-hmm. at this point, you know, the fancy bro kind of confides in that the other detective that, you know, what's going on with, with Tough Bro. And she kind of partially tells him that she's there because of his behavior. And um, Tough Bro wakes up drunk outside his house. Fancy Bro gives him a talking to and then like sees some cryptic shit highlighted in the book, you know, and that's where he kind of gets the, the 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 quote from Charles Dickens that gives him the the that, that showed up in the preceptor letters. Uh, and he's like, <laughs> OK, now he kind of starts to figure it out. But which, again, is back to this whole like dumb big brain time yeah. stuff of yeah. like he's highlighting charles dickens <laughs> thinking yeah, yeah. it's deep highlighting and underlining it yeah both. both these lines are really important to me <laughs> he took two writing utensils a highlighter and a pen underlined and then highlighted it so this is very important this is how i am um, the world with 18th century fucking english literature <laughs> and i didn't even read the first book it's literally the first paragraph right. of the book <laughs> and, um, and they, they, it also comes up. There's a scene with Tough Bro and mm-hmm. the lady detective, yeah. And when she mentions like he's supposed to be smart and well read, he yeah. has read two books: <laughs> A Tale of Two Cities and the Bible. He is not fucking well read. He's not smart. <laughs> and he saw A Christmas Carol. He right. Saw, he, he saw the one with Patrick Stewart on TBS. Yeah. Like that's a, he didn't even read the book, um, but. Uh, yeah, so he's, yeah, he's not exactly a fucking intellectual, but, um, so they found the dog victim's phone in, uh, in the, in, uh, her, or the dog woman, the victim that had the dog in her, they find her phone in her throat and apparently it was turned on so they can like track it back to this like building or whatever. One quick little scene is I, the coroner that tells them about the phone he's kind of just a funny weird little character that (laughs) just like injects a little bit of humor into there he's wearing like a hawaiian shirt and he's like this kind of like you know older kind of just goofy guy who just has all the balls in the world he's just gonna like hit on the the detective (laughs) and stuff you're like what are you doing bro like he's like i haven't seen you before you single and she's like Fuck you. <laughs> <Are> you kidding? <laughs> yeah, that's what she said. She goes, Are you joking? Are you fucking joking? Just such a weird little character. Why, why is it every corner is like that? Because <laughs> if you think back to the Wolf of Snow Hollow, yeah. that dude was a total fucking dickhead too. And like he got into yeah. a physical fight. <laughs> I think the whole idea is like the corner is just like for you to want that job, you've got to be like kind of a quirky individual, right. I guess. I don't, I don't know, but that is a, definitely a trope in these movies. But then they go to, they, you know, they go to the spot where the, you know, where the cell phone GPS led them to. And, uh, uh, you know, there's all the pictures, not even just photos, 
posters. Yeah. Like he went to Kinko's and fucking printed these posters of all his victims on the wall. And the last picture is dun dun dun. It's Christine. It's the other, you know, it's the other, it's the detective. So um Duh. tough bro. Duh. Isn't that what uh, it is? No. Who is it? No, the last photo is his is his wife. It's his and wife. Fancy it's his wife. Bro. Mm-hmm. It's his wife and fancy bro. You're right. You're yeah. right. You're right. Yeah. I'm sorry. I wrote Christine, but I that's not his wife's name. Yeah, that was a typo no, she, on my part. She's with him and sees it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. 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 I wrote Christine, and that's why it says. Yes, it's Fancy Bro. It's his wife and Fancy Bro. Uh his wife and his brother have been having an affair. Yeah. Um, so you learn it at that point. Um, Tough Bro uh kind of knocks out the detective. Fancy Bro shows up, wait, Tough wait, Bro takes my gun point. Fuck out of her! Like, yeah, yeah, he wails was, on her. Yeah, he wails on her. It's a little disturbing. Her to get up again. Yeah, yeah he, he really he, pistol whips the shit out of her, and they really. And then spend he also like gets on top of her and like starts wailing on her. Yeah, it's a pretty yeah. brutal scene. Um, I'm just like spiraling towards the end of this movie, so I'm <laughs> kind of going through. I'm just spiraling at everybody. <laughs> <laughs> um, so <laughs> you know, like I said, Fancy Bro shows up, takes my gunpoint. They get this flashback to how he learned. That he was the killer. Again, it's not rocket science, but he lures his wife there, explains his whole kind of like religious slant to him being like some sort of like righteous, you know, uh, deliverer of, of of justice or whatever. Um, he explains, you know, he knew his wife cheated on him and, and, uh, and you know, then makes them open the lament configuration together. Um, this is his master plan. It's not well thought out. Um, Pinhead shows up and the tough bro offers his wife and his brother in exchange for him. And, and, and Pinhead says, hey, sounds like a cool deal. Can't do it because you're already spoken for, basically. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. your soul is already spoken for kind right. of thing. Um, so the auditor, you know, wants you already. So, um, you know, he he's going through, you know, you're going to go through all that nonsense again. You're going to go to the cleaners and to the fucking surgeon and all that stuff. You know, the wife and fancy bro, they get the chains per use. Um, and then the, and <laughs> I will say, I will say the, this pinhead, like we, we, we've talked about how like pinhead has like these pretty cool monologues. This pinhead mm-hmm. has one cool line at this scene. Yeah. And it's like fancy bro and his wife and, and the wife are trying to argue for their salvation or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, Pinhead turns to them and says, "Bow your head to the catalog of filth your brother has yeah, created." Yeah, that's a great line. Like, that's a because that's a cool really line. Good. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, they're basically like, on. "He's the bad guy." Like, we well, you should let us go, kind of thing. Right. And they're basically like, "You, you, what you've done can't." He says something like, "I, I don't care about your petty adultery." Right. Yeah. Uh. 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 uh yeah. Bow to the catalog of filth. Or yeah. It's like we. Like look up to this guy, how fucked up he is. Yeah. So like yeah. you, you are you are table scraps compared <laughs> to him, kind of thing. Uh, it was a good line, but um, so then all of a sudden the angel shows up and says, you know, God wants tough bro on Earth to do, you know, God wants him to go do hood rat shit with his friends, so he, <laughs> <laughs> like, so he can, so he can drive people towards God. So the whole idea is like, if you know, we need evil people on Earth. So it will drive people to God and it's like, a, you know, can't can't uh, make an omelet hmm. without cracking some yeah. eggs type of thing. So it's this whole like jaded hypocrisy of of God kind yeah. of thing. Be good or the um, preceptor will get you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Basically. Which is very um, much like Santa Claus, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> 
this is I'm telling you this is a Christmas movie. I've explained this to you. So it was mine. Um, mine has snow. <laughs> Beer's also in Denver. Yours does, so Yours does have snow. Yeah. Um that's true. I can't argue with that logic. Um so he thinks he's this is this is the part where you're just like, yeah, you're not a fucking mental giant here, bud. So he thinks that he's been forgiven. Um, but the angel just is like, no, no, you're still going to hell when you die. Uh, we just you're just not dying yet. Yeah, basically. <laughs> um, but then Pinhead pulls some slick shit on him and sends him back right at the moment before Christi the detective Christine is about to shoot him. Um, and the angel is pissed. <laughs> She's, she's like, so mad. she's so fired up. She's like, that was a dirty trick, basically. Um, and the angel threatens Pinhead with suffering. And <laughs> Pinhead is like, basically makes her do cosplay of him. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and sticks all the pins in her forehead mm -hmm. um, and, and, and does the face stretch, you know, mm -hmm. and, and, and rips her in half uh, before saying the thing. You know, he says his, he says his thing. Um, and then Christoph uh, Waltz, Pinhead, I love this line, um, is basically like, I don't think you should have done that. <laughs> he just says it right afterwards. <laughs> he's my favorite character. Christoph Waltz, Pinhead. He's, is like, he's he, very yeah, good. He's cool. It's a cool character. He's cool lines. Like I, I really like that character. Um, and but so here's the thing: is like Christoph Waltz Pinhead says, "I don't think you should have done that." And Pinhead's like, "Whatever, I'm Pinhead. Like, what is she gonna give me that I can't endure? Like, I love this shit, you know." And pin and and what you come to learn is they put Pinhead in a human body on Earth, and Pinhead starts screaming and freaking out uh, because he's not suffering you know what i mean so right. the ultimate punishment for pinhead is no punishment basically you just have to live on earth yeah. and you don't get any punishment although so. although strangely like if you wanted to give him not suffering like you had you don't make him a homeless person in la that's what i was saying <laughs> it's like you could do worse not suffering yeah what if he was just like at discovery zone like eating a pizza right. like, yeah. you know what, I mean? like, what if he was just like sitting there watching friends on the couch like that seems like less suffering than or he know, has to yeah, be living in a box yeah. and skid, skid row yeah he has to work at a chuck e cheese as charles <laughs> was, e entertainment i was gonna say maybe they should just make him work at a like at a Shut like a place like kennywood or something like send him to pittsburgh and work at kennywood. yeah he's gotta work he's gotta work at the potato patch yeah, yeah. he's gotta work where like, people are having fun and he has fun with them and they enjoy his company <laughs> Yeah, I, where I, people love him. Yeah, let's right. make he should be like Santa Claus, like you know, yeah. in, in, or something like that. But I want to. I don't know if I mi we miss talking about this at all. But like the auditor is the director. Oh, is it? Yeah, oh, really? I, I just was looking at the cast as we were sitting here, and I was like, wait, Gary J. What do you how do you say? It's like Tuna Cliff or Ten, whatever. Yeah. Ten yeah yeah he's the auditor which oh, i also that's awesome i was like it also makes sense why his fucking makeup was so fucking dope <laughs> yeah 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 he, he worked on himself that, that's cool to know i did not yeah. realize that but now it makes sense because um when you look up gary J. tunnicliffe or whatever on imdb um underneath you know normally it'll say like writer director whatever it says makeup department special effects actor like it doesn't even mention director mm -hmm. and i was like what did he act in and and i never followed up to actually look but mm -hmm. yeah i didn't even realize that that's awesome actually because really cool. he's honestly he's the best part of the movie in my opinion yeah. um but yeah so 
And that is Hellraiser Judgment. I, I, it very different, very divergent from any of the other Hellraiser mm-hmm. movies, and I hated most of the other ones. So that was a welcome <laughs> aspect for me. Um, I wouldn't say it's better than. It's certainly not better than one or two. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say it's certainly not better than four, but I would put it on par with like three in my mind, which was means watchable <laughs> like fine it's fine i watched yeah. it and went oh okay i mean i think right. i feel like it's something else it had in its favor is that i feel like special effects and like even just the filming of things like aesthetically looked better in your film versus say ours though i mean time and place has a lot yeah, to do with that it's almost stuff. two decades later you know, but... so so it has that going for it and i mean it definitely had the gore factor which i was cool with i i appreciated to a certain extent that like they're like we need to come up with something different whereas you know both of our films like had like the basically the same continuity with like what was going on though i felt like your two films like i felt like five and 10 kind of had this like it's like why did you feel like you needed to go this cop route you know type again and you know i feel like that wasn't as original as i i think if i didn't watch five first or something like you know what i mean yeah well like i said Um, i didn't even remember but yeah they're basically the same film again it's just yeah brian's cop character is way dumber (laughs) (laughs) brian will definitely make a difference he's dumber but he's (laughs) I can watch him on screen without grinding my teeth. Well, yeah, he's a he's a <laughs> flat actor, but you know, yeah. there, there's no real good acting, with the exception of the auditor and a little bit of the pinhead. I, th- I think this pinhead is okay. Obviously, Doug but Bradley. No, I thought is, like the the character of like. Um, you know the uh, um, the the guy at the beginning, which is the most effective scene, frankly, which is at the beginning. The guy who's like the first person who gets like audited, mm-hmm. I thought was pretty good, was pretty convincing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, w- yeah, I wonder I think- it, it, that that beginning scene is so like constricted within itself. Yeah. I wonder if it, it almost felt like a weird little yeah. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, exactly. Exactly what you're saying. I, I just wonder if that was like filmed first as like a short yeah. film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As like a proof of concept short film, and then they did it something later. But yeah. It definitely was the most um like the dialogue seemed a lot more polished and like it it um the cadence was better. The ro- it rolled better, mm-hmm. you know, than the rest of the dialogue yeah. in the movie. But there there is one thing in this film that is aggravating to me. But I don't mm. know that you either of you picked up on it. So the house is located at a specific uh, address. And the address comes up multiple times. You see it. And it's like 55 Ludovico. Yeah. I remember from the computer, okay. you know, in the like, you know, the pervert's room, right, the dark yeah. room. Yeah. yeah. So Ludovico, it, it feels like it's a reference to a clockwork orange because mm. the Ludovico process was the punishment they inflicted on alex oh with the okay i never yeah i've it's been a long time since yeah. i saw that and movie so this, but yeah, whole, this whole house is a house of punishment for the people who come to the house because because what's set up at, at the very beginning between the auditor and pinhead is that the the lament configuration no longer brings in enough sinners mm. so they use oh yeah they're using this new house as a trap the other part of this, aside from being a Clockwork Orange reference, is Ludovico is the Italian way of saying Ludwig. And so the outside establishing shots of the house 
They play Beethoven's Fleur Elise, Ludwig mm. von Beethoven. Mm. This is such a dickhead thing to do in filmmaking. It's reference upon reference. so deep, yeah. bro. It's so <laughs> deep. so obnoxious. Yeah. And you know what, too? And listen, I'm a huge Kubrick fan because it was... I lo- Listen, nobody can discredit Kubrick as an incredible filmmaker, mm-hmm. but that's like one of the directors you get into when you're like a teenager you know what i mean mm-hmm. like you first get into like kubrick movies and start you know all that sort of thing so i feel like doing a kubrick reference is like a little bit of like a broy juvenile thing to do too i don't know not necessarily broy but it's very film school film yeah it's that's very film, film school. school bro yeah, yeah film school bro kind of thing yeah is a better way of putting it so um but yeah so like i said didn't didn't love the movie didn't hate the movie didn't mm-hmm. wasn't mad that i had to watch it and it didn't take me several sittings to watch <laughs> um so i mean i think it's probably pretty clear to say obviously i would say this because i'm arguing for my movie but i liked it wow. head and shoulders more than both of I your i thought movies. you were just gonna say that you were the champ and then we were just not gonna have votes like no <laughs> no i i don't know if you agree but like i definitely thought it was exponentially so, better than I the mean, other two I'm movies. looking at this in retrospective, literally, I mean, thinking about it as a whole franchise and then seeing like what aspects like kind of, I feel like, I don't know. I feel like to a certain extent, maybe with this franchise, I feel like part of me wants to say what kind of holds true and what kind of stays closer to like what we've seen and like seen before and like who Pinhead is and blah, blah, blah versus like what's good and bad. <laughs> You know what so I mean? You wanna, so you want it to stay the same through 10? No, 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 no. But I feel like, I, I I don't think that's exactly what I'm saying, but I feel like this franchise doesn't always do a great job at creating. It's like, like when we see a Halloween movie, there are things that we're going to see throughout every single one that, you know, obviously with some certain changes, like depending on the director and stuff like that. And that's what I'm getting at is more so like, I don't really think this franchise has that. So, but at the, I think to a certain extent, I like want to hold on to that. I mean, these are just things I'm talking out loud at this point, Brian. So please mm-hmm. don't attack me. I'm going to fucking <laughs> Most fuck people you do talk out loud. I did want to <laughs> say also I said that. think out loud. No, you, no, you said, said talk. talk out loud. Okay, whatever. <laughs> Let's go back to the recording. Let's go back to the so tape, guys. <laughs> so here's the I other. meant think out loud. <laughs> I know what you thought. Hey, that's you'll what, be, that's you'll be able to hear this every Monday. <laughs> <laughs> This is the other this is the other thing. And and listen, and I'm I'm not trying to be a stickler here, but when recording a podcast, you have to talk out loud. Um but <laughs> but no, I, what I was gonna say was my my movie I don't say my movie because because um Steve picked it for me, but um so it's the only one that feels like a Hellraiser movie. Like it, it's a different twist on a Hellraiser movie, but right from the beginning, you're getting Cenobites doing Cenobite shit right from the beginning. My movie had and, my movie had Cenobite shit right at the beginning. When he, yeah, but when he it, opens the box with the hooker, you get a whole bunch of his Cenobite stuff. You're it's true, but then you go a huge stretch where you're just like, yeah, we're watching a Seven ripoff, and then Pinhead Pinhead really isn't in your movie until the last fifteen minutes, right? I mean, he he really isn't. It, like he he they might have his voiceover or something like that, but he's not in it till the end. I think all of them were were scripts that weren't originally Hellraiser scripts, probably. But I I would say ten is definitely the most cohesive as a as a Hellraiser movie. Yeah. Um. It, in, in in my opinion, it, but. it was 
definitely written as a Hellraiser movie. I think it fucking sucks as like a cop seven ripoff. Yeah. Just because the 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 motivations of the tough cop are fucking so low and like yeah. his actual process is garbage and just he's not good at being a serial killer. And, yeah. Like at, at least I mean at least you can kind of believe my engineer and mm-hmm. in Hellseeker Kirsty has good motivation to mm-hmm. murder. Yeah, but Kirk Kirsty is not I mean literally the only the last 15 minutes of both of your movies were watchable. <laughs> <laughs> like that's, I mean, I'm sorry. That's as strong. That's as strong as an argument as I can kind of come up with. Mm-hmm. I, but I, I will say, like, I don't know if you've seen. So I, I've been on a Christmas horror uh, uh, tear because there's so many new Christmas horror movies that came out like yeah. in the last few years. And I was watching one called Once Upon a Time at Christmas. I don't know if you've seen this yet. No. Um, but it's a serial killer type of thing. You know, that's whatever. Um, I'm pretty sure my mood. Once upon a time at Christmas, almost ripped off Hellraiser Judgment. <laughs> that ripped that ripped off Seven, <laughs> except for replaced the Ten Commandments with the Twelve Days of Christmas. Nice. That's fucking hilarious. Nice. So just that actually FYI, sounds fun. Yeah. Watch that could be. It fun. is fun. All right. Could it is fun. What are what are what are our final arguments here? I mean. <sighs> Here's my summation, and then I'll shut up. Um, mine's the only one that's watchable. <laughs> <laughs> Both of your movies are absolute fucking horseshit, and there's only between ten and fifty minutes that are watchable. The whole movie. That's I really... would argue that mine is watchable as long as you don't watch six or ten before it, being that they both do what my film does, but worse. It's they're watchable if you have another form of entertainment, like your like phone, phone um, or which is everybody. So that's fine. Um. <laughs> My final argument is Kirstie Cotton. <laughs> Listen, so in all not... reality, mine is closer to like the OGs than either yeah. of your films. Makes, right. in makes final <laughs> makes final argument is imagine how good this movie would be with Tony Todd in it. <laughs> You know what? Also, it's like that's pretty much like making the argument. My movie is the best of the franchise because it's closer to the first movie in the franchise, <laughs> like timeline-wise. But mine like, is it, because mine's five. I know, but so. that's, but I'm saying that's that's kind of like the same argument. You know what I mean? Like it has somebody who's in the first movie, um, <laughs> although she's like she's in it at the beginning and then she comes back as the hero at the end. But the whole middle part is. Uh, Dean Winters just going, what? Huh? No. What? Huh? Dean Winters just deciding squinting. if he wants to fuck or not. <laughs> yeah, just squinting. Yeah. Going, oh, I don't know. My wife just died. Come on. Come on. I ain't trying to get my dicks off right now. Come on. All right. I'm not going to try. Cut me a break. I'm going to vote for mine because I know this is where I was going to go is that I'm probably going to be the tiebreaker here. So You are going to be the tiebreaker, yes. Fuck you mm-hmm. both. Um, so I'm I, I'm definitely rooting for my movie, and of course, and I, yeah. Go ahead. And go ahead. my second is going to be Steve's. Okay. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I'm definitely going to vote for mine, and then my second would be Brian because yeah. it's just my movie again, but it has that cool <laughs> line and the cool auditor. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Meg, man, I have so much power right now. I will say, remember who gave you your movie. <laughs> I had never seen that movie. 
If listen to me, can you if believe you that? Can, can you believe that? If you, can, I feel if, like this is my ghost of Mars month. This is this is a complete no. This is irrelevant information that Steve's but you, providing. But you know what, Meg? He has seen three, and he could have given you three. But this is also irrelevant information because the question is, which is better? I gave him judgment. It's not that bad. But he gave you Hailseeker, which is trash. <laughs> which is better? Wow. Judgment or judgment or <laughs> inferno? Right if you will literally if you could say with a straight face <laughs> that inferno is better than judgment, you you are you will go to hell. You hey, deserve Brian, to you're go bullying to hell me and, right now and I don't like it. <laughs> there's no way. Remember that Brian only hates Inferno because he hates the lead actor. If you don't That's hate true. the lead actor, it's okay. Hmm. <laughs> and it still has I, Doug Bradley as Pinhead, which is better. That is literally the only thing it has on it. Everything else is a way worse version of 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 uh, Judgment. All right, I made but. a decision. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Don't you, you son of a bitch. <laughs> you will not get any herring in your stocking if you do this. <laughs> I like how Brian, you're legit going towards bullying. <laughs> you get no herring in your stocking if you do this because you know you're wrong. You're so mean. Um, I am gonna go with Brian. Ah, you have to. You have to, I'm and it's sorry. not my. It's not even anything that I, I can honestly, necessarily I auditor, celebrate. I honestly think it was just the auditor that, like, I liked. More of the special effects. I think that's more like. Also, that movie's got some titties on it. Damn. A lot of boobs. <laughs> I do like that. Speaking of boobs, guys, I've been wanting to bring this up with you. Hmm. Did you guys catch Tom Savini's 75th birthday photo? Or that I should dude say had some thirst trap? That was, <laughs> really? was a fucking no, thirst trap on fucking Instagram. Dang. Yeah, he's like, he's Tom, just ripped Tony cake with no shirt. Yeah, he is fucking. <laughs> I know. Ripped. He is fucking Jack. Dude's always been like that. I was like, um, dang. I can't but, believe I'm attracted to a 75-year-old man. Listen, I'm attracted to a 75-year-old man. Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so, listen, I can't take any credit for this. Steve gave me gave me a, a, a present, an early Christmas present, and then he gave me a watchable movie. Um, Which and, means I'm uh, still champ because I gave him the present. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> You're, you you won by proxy in ways yeah yep. in, in a way in a and way. I um, lost on all accounts and I, I'm gonna have a lonely Christmas you know <laughs> I ruined your I'm Christmas I'm gonna have a blue Christmas is that what that song is called <laughs> yeah yeah. yeah. Cannot, I, um, cannot believe you gave it to him after he gave you that dog shit turd of a movie which is like honestly he also Wizard bullied movie. me the entire time <laughs> afterwards <laughs> don't want to bully no. you <laughs> I didn't bully you. you did. I just said, look He's deep like, into your conscience. <laughs> no, you're like, you suck if you choose this movie. <laughs> Bullied her. You said you're you, not she was going to hell. Herring. You know, oh, I expect. I, brought, a, I, did, I did threaten no herring. I do expect now at this point, Brian, that I will get a stocking full of herring from you. <laughs> I will. I will give you a stocking brimming with herring. Just overflowing with <laughs> herring. Can you say with herring? with caring? Can we do that? <laughs> Yeah. All right. Brimming with brim. Isn't that a fish? Um, anyway, guys. Uh, yes, I can't take credit for it. It it was definitely the best movie, although I did not pick it. And if it means anything, I did not know how bad Helsinki was when I gave it to you. Genuinely did not know how uh. bad it was. 
See, I was, was I was hedging bets when I gave it to you, Brian, because I was like, yeah. I know it's not that bad. It's not like the worst one. Yeah. But also, it doesn't have Doug Bradley, so I don't know how that would play with Meg. Yeah, I was very worried about that, but then I was pleasantly surprised that that he actually did a good job. Um, I picked... Uh, I picked um, Hellseeker just based on Dean Winters, and uh, and he did not deliver. Um, and I'll tell you this: if I could go back in time, I would not have picked that because it was torturous to sit through. Yeah, it's it's like it, the second worst one. It's seriously so fucking bad. Yeah, like couldn't couldn't like Hell World is fucking abysmal and an awful, and that's probably the that's third nine. worst one. No, oh, that's okay. Seven. Wait, which is what's nine again? Revelations. Revelations, yeah. Revelations, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, yeah. <laughs> this is the thing. I have to watch Revelations now. Like, I have to. I've watched, I've watched all of them except for eight, and nine now, right? Mm -hmm. Um, so I have to. Well, yeah, but I don't I feel want like to. We've definitely committed. I've definitely personally committed a lot of time to this franchise, and I do uh, need to yeah. finish it out. Well, at some point. as new champion, you can decide what our uh, punishment. Oh God. Are you going to do it? I can't do it to myself. No, I can't do it to myself. And there's two, and I'm too big of a fan of Christmas horror. I've got to do, I've got to do a Christmas, Christmas horror movie. Um, so I don't know what it's going to be. Honestly, what I would like to do and listen in the spirit of the season, guys, in the spirit of the Yule, we should decide together what, what, what Christmas horror movie, and I'm not going to be me. We're going to do a, we're going to do a reward. And I think we should do a, <laughs> A, a a live watch live watch through or, or viewing kind of thing of maybe my favorite Christmas horror movie Santa's Sleigh oh. starring the great Bill Goldberg I honestly haven't seen a lot of holiday horror movies so I definitely will defer to you guys and I'm up for a live I think that'd be fun I love the, the thing you could go good like you could go you could go you know Black Christmas, mm -hmm. which is genuinely a really great fucking movie. Right. Mm -hmm. Or you can go silly, crazy nonsense like Jack Frost or 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 Santa's Sleigh. But I, I grew up good. loving Santa's Sleigh. Or I'm sorry, I grew up loving Jack Frost. Yeah. Um, like watching it on VHS fucking all the time when I was a kid. It was like that Motel Hell. Like those were the movies I would watch all the fucking time. And then <laughs> Head of the Family. And then uh and then I honestly watched Santa's Sleigh for the first time like two years ago, three years ago, oh, yeah. mm -hmm. and have just I've I watch it three times a year. I, think. <laughs> I fucking love it. It's so funny. It's so stupid. It's so entertaining. I only but watched we'll it once, it and I hated it so much. Really? Yeah. Oh, man. But I, I watched I like it when it... it first came out, so I don't know. Maybe yeah. I would have a different yeah. appreciation for it. All right, we'll figure it out next week. But I will tell you, as the champ, as the new champ, uh, we got some goddamn christmas horror coming your way next next week for our mini sode so be sure to tune in for that and you know what hey how about this if you got a suggestion for a christmas horror movie that you haven't watched um we got some we got some some mini sodes com coming up here in 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 the month of december so throw them our way and and you know we we might watch them we might do an episode on them so uh as always uh send them to us in the in the old dms if you want on instagram at halloween is uh forever or at hello forever on twitter or halloween is forever on facebook or at hello 
Ween is Forever Pod on TikTok. Again, we have not established whether there's DMs on there. <laughs> I do not know. I will not check. Um, and then, uh, uh, you know, Halloween is Forever Pod uh, at gmail.com. You can send them to that that way as well. So um, anything else as we wrap up our showdown episode for the month of December and the uh, some of the worst Hellraiser movies ever made? <laughs> No, nah, that's it. <laughs> I'm sad now. I'm sad. We're all we're all just gonna go pull off pinhead, sit in a chair facing a wall, and just <laughs> contemplate what we've done to ourselves and and our friends. Just remember that the audience did do this to us, and that they voted for Hellraiser movies. That's true. That's true. Mm-hmm. Let's blame it on them. Thanks a lot, you you rat bastards. So make blame really, the audience and Brian. <laughs> you you ruined Meg's Christmas. You know, Thanks I have a, a birthday coming up before that. So, you know, birthdays. That's, you little... ruined Meg's birthday, too. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Cool job, guys. Really like what you've done here. Send Shame. me presents. Uh, yeah. As always, uh, for the Halloween is Forever crew, I'm Brian. I'm Meg. I'm Steve. Wishy around. Bye.